God, I love Overwatch. I love Overwatch episode 135. It's my favorite episode and my favorite number. Combination numbers. One plus three plus five. Nine. 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 <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shit. Took me a while to work that one out. A little bit of time here. Welcome to Platchard Overwatch episode 135. I locked myself into the Overwatch League speedrun yesterday so that I could host this episode. We ran a poll before this episode. Who is late for the podcast? 50% of you said that Bren was, re was late for the podcast. You would be correct. I was late for the podcast. I've, got, I've just opened up my can of Red Bull. We've got a whole gang here. Scott, I've asked, reinforced, we've got a whole, got a whole gang here. Are you guys excited for Overwatch 2? Overwatch 2 is uh, beta is coming out soon. Woo! I mean, not like that. Yeah, Second yeah, beta. Junker Queen. Woo! Beta 2. I love beta 2. I'm a big fan of the <sighs> second beta myself. So it'll I'm be more on beta I mean, 3 kind of fan. Yeah, I mean, beta, beta 3, three is where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm investing three. in beta 3 like web 3. That makes sense. You are a like massive beta. beta. <laughs> 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 I didn't mean to insult you. I didn't mean to insult you. I, dude, that was so, such a bad joke that it wasn't even insulted. It, yeah, it wasn't really a joke I feel like that was insulting to you, Bren. Yeah. I, do, you think I, do you think I should go bald? I think okay. if, you have, yeah. if you go bald yeah. with that mustache, that would be too much power. Too much of a mustache. <laughs> that would be too much power for yeah. one person Absolutely. if you go bald with that mustache. Can you it imagine be... you and Josh? Oh you and Josh God. together, the double eggs on the broadcast. Honestly, <laughs> what? That was so sh I don't know. We'd look silly, I think. You're like Team Just Rocket. One bold person <laughs> looks fine, but two is too much. Do you have any starts dramatic getting, music? It's unsettling. You could like rub your naked head I to do not. Feather. You don't have dramatic music? Not, not on hand, unfortunately. Frick. Okay, well, I'm just going to jump into this raw. Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there's a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle, and I'm not talking Joshua Wilkinson, and he giggles in the face of danger. I'm definitely not talking about Joshua Wilkinson. He's big, hairless, winning machine, and when he unzips his trousers, what does he see? Platinum? Hmm? Ringing any bells, anyone? Hmm? Hmm? That's oh, right, Manscaped would like to introduce you to their best and biggest ultimate Whoa! hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. And now trust them with the whole shebang. Join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped TM by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with code PLACHA. I had to read the screen. Do it! Manscaped, yeah. get, get yourself a, mans a Platinum Package Manscaped... Platinum package 4.0, Manscaped. <laughs> they, I, this, listen, guys, get it. You can shave your mustache like me. If you want to be bold, you can be like Josh as well. Or you can, you can do what it's intended for and you can save your, your genitals. Yeah, just trust us. Just trust options. us. We, get, we can't show proof, but trust us. It's good stuff. All that's right? if we get, if we actually, if we open up a Patreon, though, and use the Patreon, your Patreon, the highest mm. tier members can see the proof. If, they, I wasn't, if we get the highest tier Patreon. I wasn't done. I wasn't there. done talking. I have to say, oh. I have to, listen, get 20% off free shipping with code PlatChat at Manscaped.com. 20% off of free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code PlatChat. It's time you enjoyed the finer things in life. Get yourself a platinum package for your platinum package. Boom. Dunzo, free shipping. Um, free shipping. 
I thought Brent was gonna leave. He's like, I'm done here. Yeah, that's it. Did the ad read? That's it for me. It's time to go. I, I thought that was actually gonna go a very different direction. I I don't know what I couldn't believe that ended up. Be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you were trying to segue into something else or talking I mean, about how the blood doesn't drain from your head again. Like it doesn't. Sure it doesn't drain from my head. Quite problematic. Um, where where am I? Oh right, yes. Okay, <laughs> new developer blog. Boom! I'm jumping into it straight away. All right, let's let's actually get into the Overwatch section of the, of the show. Is that okay with you guys? Yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not getting, I'm, there's not much it. of a back Whatever. and forth here. This relationship that we've got going on here, this podcast, it's just me talking. Well, you're very. I, I sometimes I can't match talk it. about going bald, and you're you're talking about the blood yeah, it's, not draining it's just, your head. You absolute nonsense. Sounds like man. you were a lab experiment gone wrong at times. <laughs> you know, with all the various things that's happening <laughs> over there. Uh, it's kind of scary. It's intimidating. <laughs> there was a new developer blog posted, right? And they went over what the, the theoretical changes, the potential changes, the actual changes, stuff that they were planning to do with the DPS, this, that, and the other. I don't know. Listen, I'm going to be real with you. I skim read this. I've had, a, I've had a busy couple of days. I've had meetings, you know, multi-million dollar meetings. Me and Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, we met up for lunch, of brunch, and we were talking business deals and plans. Scott, what's, what's, what's the gist of this then? Are the pe should the people be happy with this? Are the people happy? You've got your ear to the ground. You can, you can feel what the common masses are, are, are expecting. The yeah, the rumblings of this article are essentially just like, most of it is kind of, you know, irrelevant uh, if you don't care too much about like the intrigue, intrigue. Nice mm. little, like, I don't know where to go with this. Uh, I, unless you care about the ultimate charge change. And that is the big thing. Uh, DPS passive has been changed. Instead of having just the flat movement speed, which was incredibly boring and nobody cared about, uh, they've removed that and they've now made it so that 30% of your DPS hero that you switch away from is retained when you switch to a new hero. So if you go from, let's say Tracer with 60% ult charge and you switch to Reaper, you'll have 30% ult charge on Reaper. Um, it is not percentage-based for like, the way it works, the developers said this in the AMA, it is not percentage-based. There is a, uh, a hidden number behind every ult charge. So like, think about it, like it's harder to get a Reaper ult than a Tracer ultimate. Mm. So it's not flat, just if you have 30% uh, Tracer ult, you'll get 30% Reaper. It's a little bit less than that. And the numbers are out there, but it's kind of confusing. But for the most part, you'll just retain 30% of your ultimate cha charge, which incentivizes switching, which hopefully is exciting and it will be cool. It's better than the movement speed passive, but. Mm. Yeah, I quite I like this movement idea. speed passive was meh. I, I might have gone too far when I wrote big changes, but you know, <laughs> it affects the game pretty massively. I like I really do change. think that this ultimate, uh, the, this ultimate passive change, is going to drastically change the um, incentives to swap heroes after the first fight. Because you know, as we all know, it sucks to walk out on a hero, and it turns out. You're, you're countered essentially, and then you're like, well, I built 60% ult, and I kind of want to get this dragon strike now or whatever, but Hanzo kind of sucks here. And so this just like makes it easier to swap to a different hero. So in essence, I mean, it just, it just makes hero swapping more viable for damage players. And I think at the end of the day, that is what makes Overwatch 2 unique, that you know, there are no hero bounds, there are no hero picks. So you can, just, you can just swap to whatever heroes you like, and incentivizing that part of the game, I, I think it's great for the game. I think it's going to be great for the Overwatch League. I'm looking forward to see it used in the Overwatch League and see if you know, people even roll out with like weird bad heroes because they know 
that, you know, if I roll out on a Symmetra or a Torbjorn or whatever, I'm just saying dumb shit. If I just roll out on this hero that most of the case is countered, then I'm not going to get as punished for, you know, picking it for the first fight. So mm -hmm. I think it's a fantastic change. That's why I said big changes. I think it's a really great change and I look forward to seeing it being used and if it helps the game out. I was it's... confused of your point there, Johnny. I thought you were making it to be like, oh, they were throwing the first fight just for fun because they get ult charged. But you mean like they were going to do a cheese strat or like some sort of like interesting yeah, TP sure. strat. Yeah. Okay. You don't just mean like they're going to throw for fun because they get ult charged anyway. No, throwing for fun. Okay. <laughs> and our roll side, Joe. Come on. I like the change, though. I think it's more in line mm -hmm. of what their original goal was for Overwatch, right? All the time they yeah. were talking about they didn't yeah. want to do like bans or they didn't want to lock people in at the beginning of the game in terms of the heroes they selected because they wanted people to be swapping. And then the entire gameplay concept of the ultimates being like the only way to break through stalemates and choke points means that you don't want to swap. So it's like a complete counterpoint to it. But this is one way to, I guess, roll that back. Um, and it's also in line, I guess, with, uh, with their thought process with Overwatch 2 development, which is like a big opportunity for them to completely rethink how Overwatch is played. Um, but yeah, I I mean it's it's a little bit more interesting than the than the speed uh, the speed booster business as well that they that they gave all the DPS. This is something that they're actually going to put in the game. Yeah, in this beta. That's it's in this beta. Oh, this out beta. It's out today. now. Today. Coming out the beta it's, coming out be today. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, it's going to be well, not, not right now. An hour from now. <laughs> oh, the beta's out an hour now. from now. Yes. Yes. Lame. Absolutely yeah. lame. So not oh. not quite, but I mean, this has to be the biggest. I I thought this is the biggest. I it, this is the biggest change Overwatch has seen since going. I mean, other than going five v five, right? But like in terms of like non iteration, like from Overwatch one to Overwatch two, like this is the biggest change since like hero locks and like role yeah, locks, you yeah. know? Because I think like so. it changes. I, we've been talking. I remember back in the day being in the OW Discord, 2016, 2017, talking about guys talking about how not being able to retain your ult charge was like a huge problem with hero swaps. Like yeah. this has been something that people have been talking about in the community for like five years, like six years type of thing, like a crazy amount of time. So I think this is a very interesting change myself. And also, once again, I beg and I get on my knees. I fall to my knees in the Walmart parking lot saying, please, <laughs> Scott Mercer, anyone numbers, just give us a set of numbers yeah. so I can know like what translates to like, what's the damage numbers? How do I get what, what ult points translate to what other ult points? Like, just anything. I just want to, just a, just a smidge of numbers. No. I want to add on to that as well. <laughs> That's probably the answer, honestly. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I think is interesting from the transition of Overwatch 1 to Overwatch 2, and this could be a change of like the Jeff Kaplan era, but in the past when we were talking to developers, you know, in 2016, 2017, they wanted everything to be very simple and intuitive. Like they wanted you to like, just by default, nothing's too complicated that when something happens, you won't understand it. I think they're moving away from that in Overwatch 2 and they're making things a little bit more complicated. All these support passives, DPS passives, all these kind of things. They're willing to make changes that are better for the game, but they aren't as intuitive in the past. So I think that's a good thing because I think it makes the game more complex. Mm. Yeah, they seem to, be, seem to be leaning in that direction. Now this next, this next topic, I, remember, I read a comment out or I read something that was related to this and I cannot for the life of me remember what, where I read it. But the, does the game need less aim-oriented supports? I read something somewhere. I can't remember where. Oh, I'm assuming it was in the said, it was in also yeah. in the article, I believe, and the or just an interview where the Overwatch two devs said they they wanted more mercy style support heroes that have less of an aim focus. What's that so, movie with the guy and he's, he's like, is it Memento? Yeah, he's just forgotten everything, he and he's trying yeah. to like claw back the clues to discover 
like the who the motor i mean there's a shit. lot of different movies based around that but you're probably thinking of memento because it's one of the most famous so that's what i feel Memento's like the, yeah i feel that like i'm back coring, in time i'm just trying to find clues in the run of show as to what the fuck i've read over the last week and th th i'm trying to i'm i'm trying to keep my head above water Do, does the game need less aim oriented support what's i mean the pros and cons of this i pros more accessible heroes for people to play where yes. people feel more comfortable yeah. playing it yeah. outside of just mercy right and and yeah i i i think the con is so when i think of this the con i think of is if they don't get the balance right they end up with a hero that is not particularly engaging to play that's just being played at the top level like old orissa old mercy yeah also yeah old, old mercy, mercy. Hey, sure double yeah. rest <laughs> but mercy has like mercy has like super like jumps and stuff like she has cool stuff yeah so change her well yeah you know I, I i think i think that um there are some people some players who take a really hard stance on this and they're just like aiming is like the, the best thing in overwatch just like there's nothing better than watching sojourns pop or watching widowmakers pop or you know what have you tracer like tracer is the best hero to watch in overwatch okay i'm going to go really hard the other way because it doesn't really matter if the hero is aim-oriented. We've learned to appreciate different aspects of different heroes in Overwatch. So, at the end of the day, you have to look at some of these other heroes. Like Mercy, for example. We can appreciate in the Overwatch League. We can appreciate a great Mercy player by their movement, by the way they use their uh, Valkyrie. They, like, fly around. Uh, their ability to, like, multitask. Um, even a hero like Brigitte. We can appreciate good Brigittes. They're sick to watch the way they just fly around the map and... Um, disorient and disrupt all the time. Reinhardt, Reinhardt and Winston's, they're not aim oriented heroes. Yeah, <laughs> sure, you can fire like a laser with Winston, but you're not aiming. I mean, come on now. You got a fucking broom just sweeping with Tesla landing in front of you. So at the end of the day, we've come to appreciate heroes that doesn't require aim and it's not the focal point of the hero. So I don't think that this, I don't think that aim, aiming is as necessary, a crucial part of a hero's kit. For us to really appreciate that hero and enjoy watching it and enjoy playing with it etc so I, I i think this is a good thing if they just add more heroes that requires less aim because we have a lot of heroes already uh where aiming is really important but opening that door to people on console nintendo switch whatever bring in the casual fans i i think that's a great thing for the game and it doesn't mean that we're going to get uh, you know we're only going to get less aim oriented supports moving forward so um overall i go hard the other way Less, uh, less aim-oriented heroes uh, in general, and uh, you know we'll, we'll get would, some of each. I would argue that there's never there's been never a better time for less aim-oriented supports when uh, when the game is moving more DPS focused. Is how I've been feeling watching the game recently. I, I don't know if you guys can relate, at least watching it. To, I always feel like, um, I mean, the way the way I've been kind of correlating and come to that conclusion is like watching teams like this, um, like uh, Shanghai Dragons, but it was so team play oriented. And they've kind of fallen to the wayside a little bit more with the 5v5 change and DPS becoming more important in, in comps. And teams of like super heavy damage dealers are like now seeing crazy value like the Hongzhou Spark with, with Alfie or like Philly when they're not shitting the bed and choking with Zest. <laughs> like the, it's, I feel like if there was ever a time for them to return to that, it would be in the form of like a, a less aim oriented support. And then there's, I, I don't know. I like the idea as well of, of making heroes that, um, you know, are a bit more accessible to people who who they can play without feeling like they need to, to be a god aimer. Uh, for me, it's 
there is the cool thing that makes overwatch overwatch is that there are so many skills that you can use and get better at outside of aiming and that's what makes these heroes like i don't think mercy is a great example i think because everyone sees Mercy and some people just see Don't say Moira. At the, at, at, the, at the idea. Well, Moira is also a big problem of... The problem with Moira, fundamentally, is she's just not a skillful hero. You know, Moira means you can come at me on Twitter, but it's just not. Like, you just point in their general direction, you throw an orb, and you fade when someone jumps on you, right? That's not a skillful hero, but I think Brig is a prime example of that, of she doesn't aim other than her whip shot, but she has a lot of skill in involved in her same thing with lucio of like it's all about the movement it's all about your ability to go in and out find your windows and stuff like that that's high skill without requiring aim they need to find heroes like that that aren't always aim intensive but you require a different skill to do that um and they've done that really well with some other heroes um i just think you got to be careful about doing like leashing kind of supports like mercy you don't want too many of those where players just feel like you're playing like a yumi or a mercy or that kind of stuff where you're not actually playing the game you're just buffing someone else playing the game. So mm -hmm. I like the idea of less aim-orientated, but they need to have good skill ceilings. Should be a response loop. A nice tactile response. You know, when Winston, when you primal someone and you're pummeling them into the dirt, like, sure, you're not aiming, but, like, there's the whole setup of getting there, your jumps, and the juggle mechanics, you know? Like, there's still mechanics involved with maybe not necessarily hard aim-based heroes, but there's not very many mechanics involved with Moira. You know, for example, yeah. which is the most obvious example. And I would say Mercy to a lesser degree, but Mercy also still has plenty of options in terms of, like, making sure your movement and jumps are good. So, like, there are still mechanics involved with Far More, but, like, Mordor is really, like, that's the kiss of death. That's really mm -hmm. the kiss of death of, like, you can't have heroes like that. Like, Lucio, Mercy, Winston style, like, anything where there's, like, a feedback loop where your brain can, like, you know, your brain's actively seeking out all that serotonin that you're deprived in your modern lifestyle when you we don't have our tribal village lifestyles anymore. Like, <laughs> you're lo you're looking for something that's a feedback loop. That's so you're gonna be like, okay, this is good. I feel impact. Also, it's clearly noticeable on screen. They did something good here. Like, this is a cool set of mechanics. It just I didn't necessarily have to go into the aim labs and hit fucking like 99% accuracy. Sure. Yeah. Now this next topic has has this. Has this old chestnut come back with hero bands? Is this what pe yeah. are people talking about this again? This is this conversation's come up. Would you want hero bands in Overwatch 2? That's the that's the topic. Ah, uh, why has this come up again? What what's going on here? It was another another interview uh, with the lead hero designer Jeff Goodman, uh, and he was asked about uh, hero bands being implemented. And I, I believe the quote is. I would say hero bans are unlikely at this point, but I wouldn't say they're off the table. It does come up occasionally, so I don't think we'd ever say it's something we'd definitely not do. Mm. Um, so it's a it's a pretty good article, you know. If if this is a if this is a topic that like interests you, if you are one of those people in the community that is like, you know, why wouldn't we want hero bans? Um, you know, um, Jeff Goodman like did a pretty good job explaining uh, their rationale behind their decisions. So. You know, this will come up, this will come, you know, it, it will perpetually be brought up about hero bands in Overwatch 2. And especially as we get more and more heroes, um, you know, I know that a few years back when we started to get more heroes in Overwatch, uh, one even, like when Overwatch League started and like around that time, people were just like, well, why wouldn't we get hero bands into the game? And I think, you know, we'll, we'll face this problem in just like a year because we're going to get more heroes in the coming 12 months. Than we've had for a very long time and people are going to feel like um they have a hard time adapting mm. they're going to feel like um there's just too many variables and they're going to look for reasons to ban heroes that are overpowered and they're going to 
you know, argue this once more. So I, I think this conversation will, you know, perpetually be brought up just within Overwatch. So um, this is not the last time we're talking about it on Platchat. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I, f for me, it's a big thing of like, we always... If for anyone who advocates for hero bands, I used to be a big advocate for hero bands. I remember 2019, I'm like, hero bands should be a thing. Well, I was a player, I was like, yeah, competitive integrity. You guys remember watching the beginning of 2020 when we had hero pools every week? Oh, so bad. <laughs> I didn't gameplay, like hero pools. The gameplay, hero pools in its current iteration, or at least what it was last year, was pretty good because it mixed it up for like six weeks. But when yeah. they were doing it weekly, similar to how a matched by match hero band would work, the gameplay fundamentally got way worse because yes. people are just doing whatever the fuck they want there was no rhyme there was no reason there was just like oh we can't play this what we usually play let's try this i guess and no one was playing the they, same thing they didn't have enough time and to prep teams were just losing in the hero selection lobby like people would just they missed the meta uh, with these hero bands they just didn't get it and they just straight up lost and some people love that strategy but there is not enough heroes in overwatch 2 or in Overwatch to be able to justify that. Heroes don't, there aren't heroes that do the similar enough things that if you ban one, you can pick one that does kind of the same thing. Not enough of that. As Johnny said, in Overwatch 2, as we get lots more heroes, hopefully if they stick to the current content schedule, maybe we can bring this up again in a few years. But for right now, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm. So that's it. Give me like 50 more heroes, then we can talk bans. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we can come back to Connor's table. Come back with a better yeah, offer. five huh? heroes in Overwatch 2. Overwatch 4, maybe. <laughs> uh, all right. I love stealing content. Everybody knows it. I uh, On my stream, I'm watching food videos all the time. I love to watch people just go out to little little markets and they're eating food. So um, I actually want to steal some content from the, the AMA that they did on the uh, on games. The Overwatch 2 games AMA. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Was it was there any cool information to glean from this? I feel like when, when you get down to the business of... of <laughs> when... When, when you ask the masses outside of people who play Overwatch questions about Overwatch, I, it's, just, it's just not useful, is how I feel. Maybe that's me just shutting down a lot of people, but like I cannot think of a, an area of the internet more that I would not want to hear questions from <laughs> than, than it, r slash games. It is a lot of that. It's like a lot of like answering simple questions of the beta that exists in the internet. Um, there was a couple of things that came out, as you said, like the hero bands question and stuff like that. But for the majority of it, it was answering just like pretty basic design questions. Um, mm. But there's some interesting stuff on here. They're talking about yeah, like cheaters. Did still, they respond to the cheaters I'm question? I, I no. really have never understood, by the way. <laughs> but like, but also why I don't understand exactly like that's the one talking point I will say about this that I, I've never really got when we talk about specifically on Overwatch going free-to-play. Everyone, when it comes to Overwatch free-to-play, seems way more alarmed about cheaters than, like, any other game that's free-to-play. You know? And, it's like, every other game has cheaters, but everyone's like, oh, you know, they'll ban them, you know? But Overwatch are like, uh, there's a cheater crisis. They're, like, they're, they're, they're ready. They're ready. They're waiting at the, at the border to so hop in as soon as it goes free-to-play. And just like cheat in my video game. Like I've never like people are very, very alarmist about like the cheating aspect of free to play in Overwatch 2. And I still don't really know where this talking point like became so amplified. I don't know if there's like a, a, a one gaming news network talking about the cheater migrant caravan or something. Like I don't it's know what's all going carefree. on. That, but, like, it's all carefree. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming from him. It's misinformation there. being spread on a regular basis. 
Yeah, they, they've even answered it before as well. Like they, they every if I believe for Overwatch two, not even just for rank, you're going to need to attach a phone number to your account. Oh. Uh, so and for me, like from my experience, the more steps you add to make a cheater have to, you know, go through to get to there. Like if they add a phone number and then you need to get to like level fifty, they've said they're going to increase the competitive uh, level you're going to need to get to on your account before you can jump into competitive. You make more steps, there's going to be less cheaters. Mm. Um, so it might be annoying for everyone on their first account how long it takes everyone to get to competitive, but. They're actively combating it. They've said they are. People are just dooming. They've got to find something to complain about now that it's free to play. Yeah, Overwatch doomers. Absolute resident sleeper. I mean, I'm sure there's like legitimate concern for some yeah. people being like, hey, what's happening? It's just, there's so, it's so, I, that's like the one big thing that everyone talks about, I feel often for the free to play. And I'm like, but every other game on earth exists that's free to play that does not have like, is it no, everyone just kind of like, oh yeah, there might be a couple cheaters, you know, here and there. That's just the price of living in a free to play society. <laughs> and Overwatch 2 is just like, no, we need to put the gated community of, of, of non-free-to-play or something. I don't know. It is important that they have a way of dealing with it, though, because um, if yeah. they don't, it's... There's been free-to-play games where they didn't have good systems in place to, to deal with the cheater influx, and it just killed the game for me. Like Halo Infinite, sure. for example. And Smurfs. Uh, like, they, they need to yeah. do the same thing to stop Smurfs. Although, dude... Smurfing's already gotten... That's so rampant in Overwatch, man. Oh, it's so, so bad. Well, the, also, the game goes on sale it's so rampant so in every game, too. Every game has Smurfs, though, as well. So yeah. I don't really see, like... Smurfs are just a naturally occurring portion of, like, multiplayer online games. Like, yeah. it's simply... It's just an irrelevant thing to talk about because you can't stop it unless you're, like, getting the genetic information of every player that plays your game via, like, thumb prick. And then <laughs> they can't make any more code. Like, I don't really get, like, what... I don't understand why people are like, I get it's annoying, but like, you, there's nothing to do about it. You can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, was there anything interesting in the AMA? I'm sorry. I should have, yeah. I should have read it over. No, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we're all busy. Okay. Like, we're all busy. Same goes for us on the desk, even, you know, with our commutes and everything. We're busy. It's hard to stay on top of everything. Um, there, there was the guild system comment that uh, Kurt showed on the screen uh, that they're really looking into more social mm. systems, which, you know, I don't know if this was ever, like, spoken about from them. I know this is something we have requested for a very long time now. 2016, um, they said they were doing it right or something like that? Well, did they actually, though? But they said they... the same thing they're saying here. They're like, we're looking into it. It's our top priority. Yeah, it was definitely Let me have my hopium. Let me have my hopium, Costa. Okay? I need the guild systems. So just... Let me have this hopium. Maybe in a year. Maybe in two years. I don't know. But maybe six years. Maybe six years. Over <laughs> three. I don't know. But they're working on it. Okay? That's all I needed to hear to just go about my day and smell the flowers just a little bit stronger today. That's all I required. So just let me have this. They're working on the guild system. Great. Doesn't like Apex already have like a guild system or something? Yeah. Like yeah, they're they on do. top of their shit. They're, they're, they really are. Apex. I mean, a ducky's know. guild. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, my, my, my fiance is like an imposter guild or something. I don't know what's going on there. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, they also, uh, they had a couple of uh, other interesting um, things. They spoke about, um, I think John Spector posted something about um, achievements and how they're re remaking achievements. Like before it was like, oh, hit 10 people with sound barrier in a game is Lucy or whatever. But they're actually like trying to make the, those a bit more meaningful, uh, present some more like challenges. Um, and they also mentioned that in battle passes, they're not going to make hero-specific challenges, so you feel like you're forced to play a specific hero to make um, progress. So it says here, we are planning to add a variety of challenges that players can complete to progress their battle pass. We are not planning hero-specific recurring challenges 
uh, we are planning lifetime challenges that feel a bit more like achievements and are intended to progress developers in a significant way. We want players to play the game without feeling required to swap onto a specific hero in order to earn progress. Our goal is to also offer you some choices in which challenges you focus on completing as well. So, sounds good. Good news. You know, I, I, I love working towards goals that are not necessarily me just like falling into mice in my SR um, competition. Like, yeah, whether that's, you know, Doing, you know, unlocking some special Reinhardt skin because I've done, you know, maybe 500 Dirt Shatter kills or something like that. Um, you know, I, you know, that sounded really good actually. Maybe they should just do that. Um, stuff like that. So adding more incentives, you know, it's uh, it's good information. I have a housekeeping one as well that I think maybe a lot of people would want to know because people keep asking this question of like, if you have loot boxes in Overwatch One, they said in this AMA that they will automatically all be opened and all your credits will be stored and all your skins will be acquired and then it will be transferred to Overwatch 2 when that ends up happening. <clears throat> and you will keep all your digital currency um, that becomes the coins that you have and it will become its own in-game currency. Not the, the paid currency that will exist in Overwatch 2, but the, like, the, the, I guess the free currency, if that makes sense, that you'll mm -hmm. be able to buy cosmetics with. Um, that, that was a question that a lot of people were interested by. Yeah, a lot of these questions I, I just already knew the answers to. I was yeah. just, I just, I just like, I just scrolled through it. It is, it's a lot of stuff that that's already been known. Um, so if you, if you've been following Overwatch a lot, which you're probably watching this podcast, you're probably a hardcore. You're, you're a hardcore. You're, you're on the ground floor, Timothy. You're, you're there. You're, you're, you know all the information. You know everything, Timothy. Never let anybody tell you that you're wrong. You probably already know all the stuff in the AMA. So, um, yeah, I think we've we've gone over the 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 general stuff. Now there is drama alert. I love drama. Dra what day is it today? Drama it's Drama Tuesday, Tuesday. There's a new Brigida skin added to the game, and people hate it. Yes. <laughs> they don't no. hate the skin. They hate the concept. They hate the rich. I can get behind that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the, the new Brigida skin added, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a new thing they're trying. Support a streamer where if you give three subs to a streamer that's doing the thingy, that's part of the program, then you get, your, you get the Brigida medic skin. Um, but people are like, it, this happens every time they do like a streamer event. It's like, why, why aren't these streamers in it? Why aren't these streamers in it? Valid opinions, honestly. A lot of people are angry because there's some people who have just been streaming Overwatch for, for years and years and years. They've been in the Overwatch content mines. They've been getting farmed in these. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's cool, a cool looking skin. Cool I'm not going to lie. It's a cool looking skin. Awesome. But uh, people, people are angry because they just got a bunch of uh, they got a bunch of big streamers. They didn't have a lot of enough of the small streamers who've been sticking by Overwatch, and uh, a lot of a lot of streamers who just don't play Overwatch as well added into it. Now me, listen, I've been tossed to the wayside. Where was my invite? I didn't see it. So I'm I'm right there with you. The people in the comments, they were all just screaming, "Where's Bren? Where's Bren? He hasn't streamed Overwatch in years. Where's Bren?" Yeah, I I, I think it's. The list is never going to be perfect. Obviously, you want to invite people like XQC because he's going to do a lot to market your game, and that's incentive right there. But then, obviously, XQC is a gagillionaire at this point, <laughs> um, and he doesn't need those three gifted subs from all of his timmies. Um, while you know, there's a lot of very loyal Overwatch small streamers who have been streaming this game through the dark ages of the last three years that sort of got overlooked. It's a big list. But there's always going to be people who Asmund feel like they got Gold left off. Is in the list. Yeah, Asmongold's on it. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Rex is fucking on it. Mr. Rex does a, does a bi yearly stream every now and then. When was, um, the, when was the last time we shoot two years ago? Two years ago. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you better believe Matt's gonna fire up that fucking stream for tomorrow. Did he not no even shot. stream? Did he not even stream the beta, like the Overwatch Two actual beta? Ah, uh, he's a working class man now. He can't uh, do it. Ah, yeah, he doesn't yeah, have time for that. All right. Let me meetings. talk about my other point that I don't like. Obviously, people are gonna be upset about that. Their favorite streamer, all that kind of stuff. Who's getting invited? Uh, the other thing that I'm I'm not sure, obviously this is a great incentive program for people, you know, with Twitch to donate. It just seems weird to me that, you know, Twitch subs are a revenue split between Twitch and the creator and the creator doesn't always get the best percentage. Um, yeah. So it feels weird to me that there's going to be $15, essentially three subs is 15 US dollars. You know, by default, the natural thing is going to be $7.50 of that will go to, to the, your boy Jeff Bezos. So it seems a little weird to me, this incentive program, but it'll be cool to see how it works. Uh, you know, obviously Twitch integration worked great with the beta drop in terms of raising awareness and marketing. So hopefully it does the same thing, but not in yeah, love with it. I think the streamers though, like for the longest time, people, the community and streamers were clamoring saying like, dude, we, stick, we stuck by this game for fucking ages. We've kept it, we've kept it on the life support give us something back and this is their idea for it the 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 concept of it is good but obviously the execution some some things need to be worked out like that's just that's just obvious in terms of it because like you said scott like at worst 50 percent of the revenue is going to amazon so it's like it's like it's like what is happening here i mean i, I know other games do it differently they have a creator code so you can buy the skin directly and you put in the creator code of the creator you want to support um and Probably then they get yeah. some form of either revenue back or they get some some they get something like that i don't know exactly how it it's works revenue, but yeah. fortnite does it with the creator codes Yep, it is, it is revenue. And so, I mean, that's probably the best system I think that's been implemented to date in terms mm. of like being able to independently support creators. I mean, personally, like uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, well, uh, they've never really done too much like this before other than drops. So I'm going to be like, great, like awesome. I'm glad we're at least, they're at least doing something like that where they're incentivizing, you know, people and like sort of rewarding streamers for streaming the game and stuff. So like, that's cool. Like, obviously it's just unfortunate that the money is being taken by Amazon. No, it's yeah. just that's just and also certain streamers are like not going to be involved in it um despite like being involved in the game for a very long time and well, even ones that are potentially larger that have been involved with the games like it's just but it is what it is you know like i don't think it's i, I think it's one of the situations where i i get why people are upset but it is also at the end of the day you can't complain about them trying to get the big people involved because at least it's marketing the game um it's sure. more so like ideally you want to involve your smaller community and the people well, that have been very active in it too here's a super chat from tim osborne six dollars thirty cents and he says Inc. is there an upside to limiting this promo why not allow you to support any overall streamers good question tim jonathan i'll let you yeah. take that one uh i don't know they said, my... they said i'll that the the andy b said that specifically the the current iteration they have not apparently have like unlimited rollout capability. Oh. So they're signing in some sort of technical or logistical thing involved in it. So I, I, I don't know Matt, enough about Mr. that. Mr. X Morello taking people's valuable slots <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in yeah. your space. So I don't, I don't really know enough about the student, but that's their reasoning is that they weren't able to roll it out. You think that would, I mean, I, I don't even know how what exactly is involved with that so i can't really say like that's bullshit or that's not bullshit like who knows i don't know i can't yeah. know if this so uh the, there is a thread though and it did do a thread on twitter <laughs> <laughs> oh wow uh, 
<laughs> that's such I, a good I, jump scare. Every time I, I see it, I get all freaked out. Oh. Um, Andy did do a Twitter thread. His his Twitter is and uh, at Andy Belford, um, and he did do a thread, I believe, highlighting some of his favorite um, small streamers that uh, um, you should check out during the support a streamer event. So uh, you know, if you want to support any smaller streamers, check this thread out. There are some good recommendations in there. Um, so you know, there's you don't you don't have to default to Asmongold or XQC because they have many viewers, and you're uh, you're you're you're, you're, you're you know. Uh, crowd mentality can go out of your way to check these people out too hmm. uh, i i also want to add something real quick you know because this seems to be the public sentiment the doomers are out coming in again of like 15 dollars is such a ridiculous price for a skin it's like we're going into the free-to-play battle pass model this is just how it is in all free-to-play games if you want this unique skin you don't need to buy the skin you don't need it if you don't want to buy it, you think it's a ridiculous amount of money, don't buy it. But these things are priced this way because people pay for them. If you've ever tried to buy a Valorant skin in your life, I tried to buy one recently and you realized to, it was 30 a mortgage. Yeah, $30 yeah. for a Vandal skin. Not even a good one, just a random Vandal skin. It was $30. Like, I understand you might be upset, but this is an Activision Blizzard being the bad guys again. This is just market standard same thing in fortnite same thing in all these games and then the other thing about this that you need to keep in mind is if you miss this skin they might not re-release this skin again for a very long time so it's about having the exclusivity of buying the skin and having the skin in overwatch 2 because that's going to be the future of the skin model in overwatch 2 everyone's not going to get every skin all the time you're going to have to pay for the ones that you want the, the crow part of my brain can't deal with that I have to, if it's limited, I have to own it. There, I played, I played, I played, I played, I played League of Legends for a month and I spent like $300 to get a fucking like, to, to get like the prestige Evelyn skin. It's not even a good skin. It's not even a good skin. I was just, I just needed to be bonked. I just needed to be bonked <laughs> and, and just told no. It's, and I spent so much money trying to get it because it was limited. I had no time to get it. I just spent a bunch of money to get it stupidest fucking thing ever but the crow part of my brain loves limited thing i, I bought the the mercy skin that was for a good uh, good cause though overall for the mercy yeah. skin but i don't the i got... skin is a classic example right? uh yeah that was it i think but it was wow. like a different color scheme i think i can't remember i don't know that was a skin i spent like 300 dollars getting it i don't know why it was like some weird loot box system dude they got me I, these microtransactions, they've got me by the, the grip of my balls just every single time with limited, <laughs> limited, limited is this, microtransactions. Is this skin, by the way, I, I'm just asking, because I based off like the look of it, is it supposed to be kind of reminiscent of like the StarCraft II medic? It feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah, same vibe, that's yeah. I'm, I don't know that's enough what I'm about... Thinking of, um, I, see, like, yeah. I see like the green vials and I'm like, and the white tone of it, like the armor color, so I'm like, this reminds me of the StarCraft II medic, but like, I don't yeah. remember enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about the Blizzard oh, lore. Just, just Google StarCraft 2 Medic. I think it shows up. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just wondering if that was the inspiration. Mm. But, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I also like it when you get some nice references. That's one. I feel like that's one thing they've... <laughs> if that is the case, that's one thing they've sort of lacked a bit in Overwatch. was like, comparatively to, like, Heroes of the Storm, RIP. Well, I guess it's still alive. It's still that's what, yeah, game, you were telling me that Heroes of the Storm is your favorite game of all time. Yeah, right before it started, actually. I've, I've spent about 10,000 hours in Heroes of the Storm. And so, I... I said how... Yeah, see, look. Look. Ah, that's pretty that's much the same it. thing. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I really wish they had more um, references to their <laughs> other entity, their other game IPs. I think it'd be fun. Oh, my God. I, th that, that, that picture was honestly worse than the Matt Mr. X Flash picture. Because I just saw that shield. I saw the shield that she held up or whatever. 
and it's that part where you can like see through or whatever and it just reminded me of like counter-strike 1.6 whenever <laughs> someone with a shield were going at you <laughs> and you freaked the fuck out it was like this guy has a shield where do i go <laughs> like i can't kill. so yeah it just gave me ptsd wow what a, what a picture uh but yeah also awesome skin uh, and by the way if i ever have to file for personal bankruptcy uh please someone buy the dragon uh, set pack for me in valorant that i had to buy for like 120 dollars <laughs> Um, I promise Buy I'll go to you guys you. before I go to the bank. Yeah. yeah, I I look, man, if I have to if I have to file for bankruptcy and the bank is coming for me, dude, I, I need to get get funds. So I'll sell you guys the uh, the, the <laughs> That's dragon, illegal. Uh, That's like not fact. selling your account. Yeah. Okay, we'll do it on the dark web. Okay, sure. I'll take oh, this Now I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to talk about Overwatch League. I'm ready to talk about Overwatch League news. I'm ready to talk about the, the business, the dealings that's, that's been going on recently. This news hit while I was doing my VOD dungeon um, owl speed run. The Boston Uprising have released Huck, the president of gaming. First of all, fire off the cannons. We salute you, president of gaming. Salute the president. We salute you, president of gaming, Huck, for your service towards Boston Uprising. Um, but yeah, they, they ended up uh, parting ways. Um... What did they, they said here? It, they said, I mean, they kind of said, fuck this guy. They did. It was a harsh so, written. It was probably, it was one of, definitely one of the harsher ones. It was up there with like the DC release of like Ballin, I'd say, in terms who, of like harsh who wrote GM this? releases. Mineral. I mean, I don't know who wrote this. I don't know. Who, I don't know who actually wrote this. I mean, maybe it's it's fucking it's Striker ghostwriting this one. They said competitive viability <laughs> is our north star. We're going. Look at this, GM. We are going to readdress our roster and build for the future. I'm like, what does that even mean? Are they about to? Well, blow so it they up? did say apparently in their Discord that they are not looking to make immediate roster changes. Okay. They, but also, you know, there's also a leak that came out. They're immediately looking to sign another DPS player. Um, Seeker is his name. He's a Canadian oh, yeah. player um, from North American Contenders. So, like, I don't know what that means exactly. Like, where are they going to go with their roster? But, like, overall, I mean, I have to say, I, th I didn't think Huck was going anywhere. I'm going to be honest. Damn. I thought, I thought he was yes. going to be. He'd been there for, since the start of the Overwatch League. 2018, yeah. I thought he was going to be, like, a lifetime appointment president. <laughs> like... He's like, he, there was no term limits. I thought he was going to be there the whole time. So that's a sh it was just a shocking move to me. See him leave, honestly, at just face value. Because yeah, it did so, feel like if you were going to make this decision, it would have been much earlier. <laughs> and yeah, do it before it the been. year started or something like that. Like, honestly, yeah. Boston are looking better now with a bunch of their changes. I, wa I wonder if the, the entire striker situation, there was something that's been in movement since that situation and everything and how that was handled. Like, you never know. But yeah, like... No matter how you feel about Huck and everything no that's happened, what Hold on. is... Go to the end. There he is! There he is! There he is! We spotted him! We spotted him! Look at him. So, dude, I had so much hope back then. I can't believe... <laughs> Did we ever think back? Did you ever think back about, like, damn, like, I used to be so full of life and wind. Yeah. And it's been crushed out of me. Then we went but to now, Bala now with those windowless rooms for a year, and that, since then it's, yeah. just, it's just been. But a the thing is, I didn't drive, feel so. I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way when the, when you were in the windowless rooms and you were just there for fourteen hours a day. You would still see everybody, you know, would hang out. That's because like, you were just stuff. sitting in the snack room the entire time. Every yeah, time it was I a good went time. into the snack room, it was a good time. drinking coke and eating snacks, be like, so it was a good was time, a good man. <laughs> I, had, I had a great time. You were just, honestly. You were just rubbing out. shoulders with the players. <laughs> 
I was hanging out, talking to everybody, meeting everybody. I was like, man, this is this is kind of sick, you know? It's like I, I love the idea of Abbas just spending all day in the break room. And then, like, all the, I mean, all... I kind of did. I mean, like, I spent half the time in the actual practice room, like playing like, ranked, like, and the other half the time in the break room. Like Roshan from Shanghai Dragons comes in and then goes back to his team and like, what no, is Roshan, no, none of the Shanghai Dragon season one players came to the break room because they were relegated. <laughs> they were they were relegated to their room, having to play eighteen hours a day. And not I just love the idea of a team having like a conversation in the room, just like, why the fuck is Avast always in the break room? Like, <laughs> why is it not part well, of his team? Like, the not The funniest thing was when you'd walk into the break room and there's an entire team. They're just taking a break. They're, you know, they're, they've had a break from scrim roots. It'd be an entire team like the Houston Outlaws. And then just Avast in the middle. Avast <laughs> is in the middle because he was just already there. And they've just, they've just surrounded Avast. And everyone's just like, I was like, hey man, how's it going? And like, Avast was always great to have in there because yeah, he's such a nice guy. It was always talking. good bands, always a good time. But like, we're having it a was, good time there. It was consistent. It was good. It was good. <laughs> I just love no. that. You're just this. You're just a constant. You're like the unofficial mascot of all the teams. You were was, just there. Was, was this <laughs> was this when you had like accepted your role in the team, or was this like the uh, first two weeks? You're just like this no, is my. No, I think it was. I, it was really. I really. I think it was about a, maybe about a month into the season. I was like, ah, I'm fucked. So, I was like, I was like, well, then it's time to just like move on from the situation. So, on to the break room. Yeah, on to the break room, and then Got and then some networking like, with the other teams. Randomly fill in like flex support for Neko for like a week, and then like then like that was it. Like that was so it was about a month of the season. But overall, regardless of all that, I think as a tribute to Huck, I have to say, I think he. He legitimately, as a GM, as like some of those kind of foundationals of the Overwatch League in some ways, I would argue he was, even though he himself would argue against this, uh, I don't think he was foundational to Overwatch esports, but he was foundational <laughs> to the Overwatch League. And so um, he did things differently than a lot of GMs at the time. I think he was like one of the few GMs when, see, when the madness of 2018 of like the Overwatch League season one and season two was like in full, when we were full roaring 20s mode, like everyone was partying and like nothing, there's no tomorrow, like the Money's money's being spent left and right. Like he was one of the few people that stepped back and was like, this is not going, this, this, we simply can't continue at this pace. We do not have the capacity. We do not have the capacity to continue at this pace. And he was one of the few GMs to actually kind of argue for like, hey guys, maybe not every player for a game that, was essentially dead before Overwatch League should be paid like $300,000 a year or something, you know? Like, that's that's kind of insane. Like, that's an insane amount of money and you're going to burn through all of your money very quickly and then everyone's going to get burned. And maybe we should scale back some of our plans and like the amount of investment. So, I he and, and obviously, professional. he was professional in some ways. And so, like, <laughs> and, but like, I do think that like, it was, uh, he as like a GM was kind of a big deal in terms of like putting some balance into the ecosystem. And also, he, because of his strategy, he brought some names that you were really big into, like you know that for that were part of the league, like Gamsu, Striker, mm. Note, etc. Like a lot of a lot of people that you wouldn't have seen without him, um, in his if he had not been in his position. So well, I do think that he had a different perspective than a lot of others. I hope sure. he was able to buy a house with his tenure at the Boston Uprising. That should be the goal of anybody to buy a house. If you buy a home, <laughs> that's you're you're you've already you've True. you've broken free of the cycle. That's what the rat race is all about. It's all about owning a house. Property. That's, owning that's property. what we've 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 boiled down modern society into owning property. No, I did. I have. I came to that conclusion recently. I was like, I just the, for most of my life, I just accepted I'm never going to own a house. And then recently, I'm like, hmm, I'm getting close to being pot potentially owning a house, maybe if I'm lucky. And I realized, yeah. hmm, I'm about to I'm about to break free. And now I've realized 
Is it is it a goal? True. I don't know. We're getting. Listen, I don't want to talk about what I'm thinking about at night. We, I'm thinking about like society and shit. Like, hmm, staying awake at we'll night at five the in the morning. Podcast. Hmm? We'll save that for a spinoff podcast. Yeah, you know, we'll we're call start it another podcast series. Call it safe investments. We'll talk <laughs> economics. <laughs> talk economical knowledge. Uh, all right, let's take a look at the big picture review of the standings, the mid-season madness standings review. Seeing all the teams. I was looking at the Liquipedia page for this, and I was confused. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was, I was fucking confused. I'm looking at it. How many matches does each team play? I feel like some match, some teams are playing different amounts of matches towards the, t the last two weeks now as we're getting into the midseason madness, looking at the standings. But there is essentially, there's there's this pocket of, of, of games. So you've got three teams that are already guaranteed into the midseason madness, right? At the top, the ones that are solidified uh -huh. in, their, in their green, at least in the West standings, and then, and then two, in, two in the East. And then you've got just this, this pocket of of teams that could go up, down, this way, that way, anywhere. I mean, this is... Uh, firstly, I'm just going to say, by the way, San Francisco Shock, best team in the world. Not sure about that. Not sure best about that one, Chief, but best team in North America probably right now. Like, best very possibly. Yeah. Gladiators. Come on. I think glad. I think. I think. No. When was the last time? Oh, we got the best best turnaround from predicting Houston Outlaws just two days ago. Why? 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 Dude, you go, okay. By the way, later in this episode, Custom Johnny, I'm about to mold out of control at both of you. Oh, later I know, in this episode, I know why. About, over your I know predictions. Why. Over your predictions. I'm about to mold out of control. Does it involve cocks? I I don't want. I want to save it. I want to save okay. my molding okay. for later when we get to those topics. So. Uh, overall, midseason. There's so many different. Someone broke down all of the uh, scenarios, by the way, for like what's happening in North America in particular through like it's like four through ten, essentially, to make it to midseason madness. Because there's a lot of like yeah, any team that's scenarios. not highlighted, basically. Yeah, there's in a there. lot of scenarios <laughs> that could happen that are and yeah. they're crazy. But I, I can't see the I can't find the post right now because Reddit's dead. I don't know okay. if Overwatch well, Two killed. Oh wait, I found it. Who is? Let me get it. In your eyes, then, who is the favorite then to win the the midseason madness? And each of these, let's, let's start with the West. Let's talk. Let's just start with the West. The West standings as well. I'm talking well, about the these whole midseason is the both team regions. So yeah, that's what actually. So you oh, want to talk about the West they, and the East? They are. They're going to be playing they, a Hawaii. Yeah, they're they're both, Hawaii it's both yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter who wins West and East. It's who wins the whole thing. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. think. Okay. How crazy, Johnny? You gotta. I need you to back oh. me up because otherwise, oh think, no. You know what I'm about to say. Is there a realistic chance that the Hongzhou Spark can be the best team in the world? You can. I need you to back me up on this one a little bit, Johnny, because I. Okay. Well, they look like a pretty good, like regular season team right now. Yeah, seven. You know, but they were so shit in the kickoff <laughs> clash. They were playoffs. That I have no confidence in them, like, you know, showing up to Hawaii and just screwing over the Seoul Dynasty or, like, the San Francisco Shock. I, I don't see it. I, I really don't. I, I, think yeah. they, I think they could do, like, a, like a fourth place 2019-esque run, you know, when they got fourth place and people just forgot about the Hangzhou Spark playing goats and the fact they were good at it. I think they could do something similar this time around, you know? I think they could get, like, fourth or third. But I don't trust them going up against, like, the Gladiators, Shock. Uh, no, it's just too hard. Even, like, Soul, Soul Dynasty. I, yeah. I, I just don't know if they have the experience and the chops to be able to, like, make those mid-tournament adaptations that are required as well. 
Because if they're just gonna come out and play like fucking Ash Mercy or some dumb shit, no, I just, I just don't, I don't see it. But they're very mechanically skilled, so you know, gotta watch out. They're good. They're fucking good. But I, I mean, I, the best team in the world right now, Soul Dynasty. So it's that's just, that's just sadly what it is. I've become, I have transformed my arc. I was, I was on the Dynasty hate train for like for a long time, not because of the players, but because of like what they represented. Of like, they were just undiluted chaos. And every time they could just change this, the, the formula of what I'm watching before my very eyes, just rearrange the molecules of like, oh, now we're good. Oh, now we're shit. And they were just like, just do this over and over again. But this time they're just fucking good. I'm a believer in this old dynasty. So I think the standings are, I, I think the really the crazy part is just, there's just so many weird things that could happen for qualification still for this tournament right now, how it stands. Like the, the, the possibilities are, are kind of ridiculous. Uh, and also, what brings me great hope as well is that Justice are essentially eliminated. So, like, are they? this... Yes, they're essentially eliminated uh... because, I'll tell you, because they have to play Glads, Londons, and Titans, and the only way they... They can't independently qualify in any way, because, like, so they can't... They don't hold their destiny. The only way they get in is if... Uh, is uh, if they win against Titans and London. So they have to beat both those teams already. That's a huge hurdle. And then... All these other teams like London, Florida, or Toronto have to lose like three or two matches, essentially. So, and the thing Very is, I don't possible. trust that team. Like, there's just no way they're going to beat two teams. Can't do it. So, like, they're like they're well, out. They can if they decide. No, they they remember if they if they if they hit their head again and remember how to play Overwatch, they could win. But and that's no. the thing. That's the gamble of the Washington Justice. No, it's not a gamble. You keep on saying it's a gamble. You guys keep on the gamble. You guys keep losing the gamble every time. So I'm winning lately. I'm doing great lately because I've just decided to gamble against them. 100. So, yeah, exactly. But I'm so, so curious as to what the the prediction segment's going to be with like the the percentages because I I do, listen. I don't follow the Overwatch League as closely. I have. I don't have time to. But I I follow two core rules. Always bet against the Washington Justice. Always bet for the shock. And those are the two rules I've been following so far. And also, I've just been basing all of my APAC predictions. If I haven't caught up on APAC, I base it off of 2020. I just based off the 2020 season. I'm the shame for those teams at that time. And that's what I predict based off of. So that's oh, yeah. that's my style. That's my style, but I'm really curious. Uh, I want to I dive a little bit here because we're just kind of just talking generalities in terms of like favorites bubble teams blah 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 let's focus in on here let's talk about the san francisco shock because they're at the top of the standings right now 10 and 0 have they now proven their dominance to you because listen standings is one thing but in terms of being an actual top team because everybody in everyone's mind gladiators are currently the, the best team right they're the ones that came out on top in terms of the the kickoff clash they they're looking like the best team but is it, it have the shock proven themselves now with this with this 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 win over Atlanta? Do you do you see do you see hope here for the shock to to end up being a, a top contender, a top dog? I I think that they're gonna always be a competitor at the top end. I'm a little worried that the same thing is gonna happen to them in the midseason tournament as it happened to them in the kickoff clash, where they were they play like a very meta style, but they do it their own way. Like they played this Lucio Moira, or they played like a little bit of different stuff and they were just comfortable playing their own thing. And they're doing the same thing in the midseason tournament, I think, like where they, they have a couple of weird picks here and there that I'm like, I don't really agree with that, but they're so mechanically good that I think it hides the weaknesses of it. And they get away with it for 90% of the league and 90% of the regular season. But then when they get to the playoffs, they play against people that can match their mechanical skill I think they're going to fumble. And I, I'm worried that's going to happen to the Shock again. I hope it doesn't because I think they're a great team and I think that they have great coaching. But I just want to see them have more 
I don't know, bulletproof compositions in I, a way, I and not just rely on Papa Teresa. When I was watching them, them play the Lucio Moira Sombra stuff, um, yeah, I was like, are they, are they, is this comp actually good or is is proper good? <laughs> was what I was thinking the entire time because. Yeah, it, it felt like it didn't have that many legs. But I, I am genuinely fucking stoked to watch the Shock at the tournament because this double flex support backline that they've got in the form of Violet and Finn now that are playing Zen Ana, they just pound, man. Like, they absolutely pound, especially if they find compositions that make it work in terms of playing towards its strengths. Like, they... They were playing really well in terms of teams that were trying to exploit the fact that their backline was pretty susceptible to just being dove upon with the the, the Mikey ball and working around it with, with various different comps. I think they they look like they should be able to take a couple of scalps and more, I think, coming come in the midseason madness. That was my takeaway from watching this. But also, I'm watching from a very narrow viewpoint. I'm like in my little, I mean, I'm... I'm a distant. I'm a distance. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like watching the stars on a telescope from the 1500s. I don't really get the full picture yet. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love them. I, I think they're so versatile, like perfectly versatile for this meta. Where they can play Mikey, who's been an incredible wrecking ball. They can play him on control maps, and then they can swap onto Kaluge to play the Sigma, which is his best hero on stuff like this, like hybrid and escort maps. I, I just think it's a perfect combination. I love their strategies. Uh, I, I, I think that, I mean, I said this no, uh, several times on the broadcast, just like, the way they approach fights and the way they utilize these heroes in a very ta tactically tactical ta mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, tactical, tactical manner. Tactically sound. Yeah. I speak be. for a living, by the way. Um, in a very like very nice manner like that, and they're not just reliant on a soldier and popping off. Um, I I, I think it's really good, and they shored up some of their question marks that you know it was always all San Francisco shock. They lose some control maps. Um. This year, it's been more like, oh, San Francisco Shock, they lose on escort maps. Uh, but overall, they're just like very well-rounded, play so many different heroes and compositions. And I'm a big, I'm a big fan of them. Um, the, the, the one thing I'm worried about, if anything, is just like their, their uh, reliance on Moira compositions or control. You know, I, I'm never like a huge fan of people committing to Moira um, on a permanent basis because it's, you know, there, there are very several ways to outplay a Moira, you know, whether it's by biotic grenades or disengaging or stuff like that. And at some point, I feel like someone's going to abuse that fact and counter-strat that. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I think they're playing perfectly right now. So I think they're probably the favorite to win the entire thing, to be honest. Oh, yeah, that's spicy. I mean, I think they're really, really good. I think this team is competing for between them and the Glads for the best team in North America. And they're competing to potentially be the best team in the Overwatch League, for sure. But it's... I think Brennan got you touch on it. It was just their cop choices are kind of odd and a lot of their power gets driven by proper popping the fuck off like repeatedly. Um, and also I think this double flex support comp has been slowly against teams that have, especially like when you look at pair like versus like Glads or, you know, another good example would be like dynasty and even spark um, potentially it's like the double flex support is very easily like the Zen Ana in particular which is like one of their best looks is very easily dealt with if you just have a tank player in the server that can then swap to like Winston or Ryan and you can play like standard diver rush um and that's where a lot of teams have been struggling with is because you don't have a lot of hyperflex tanks necessarily so you're kind of committed to a style so you can't swap to like 
probably deal with the Zenana, right? And then and because the shock backline is so flexible, they can and with Kaluj as well, they can <laughs> swap to the Hanzo. And that's also God, these Hanzo like wall climb things have been very unfortunate <laughs> during the season so far. Uh, this year. So I, I think Shock are very good. I think they're potentially the best team in the league, but and, and definitely fighting for the number one spot um for North America. But I don't think they're like a shoe in because of these comp issues I've seen from them and the reliance on a particular play style. So. Okay. Well another team that's also gonna be the favorites coming into this is uh is the Los Angeles Gladiators, obviously. Um and are they unbeatable? That's the question everybody's asking. Um when I was watching their match um against the Houston Outlaws, um it's I walked away from that. I, I watched the I watched the shock match that we just we were just watching there, and I watched the the Houston Gladiators match, and I walked away feeling a little bit more strongly about the shock comparative to the Gladiators. And I don't really know what I think it's because they played the Houston Outlaws so close, and I just don't have respect for Houston inherently. There's something at the back of my mind that just I don't know. There's just something there. I don't, something there that I just don't expect much from Houston. I expect them to do they get to the they get to the race, and then they just don't get further than that. And so the fact that they played so closely against one another, I, I thought was a little bit more worrying. I, I don't know. Do you guys agree? I. I very much agree. I think the Gladiators, they had a 3-0 versus the Vancouver Titans, which was way closer than a 3-0 says. Like, you know, Vancouver Titans have been looking better, but Gladiators should be able to bop those guys. They dropped a map to the Paris Eternal, who have not been looking good in the midseason tournament. And then that 3-0 to the Houston Outlaws, they are, you know, they're two just non-C9s away from being up 2-1 in that series and or like 2-0 in that series. And the Outlaws... I don't think played particularly well. Like, I think they were struggling. Dante was struggling to stay alive. Pelican was not having that level of impact we know him for. It just, I'm not sold on the Gladiators so far in this midseason tournament, and I want to see more from them. But right now, I would predict a shock over the Gladiators, even though I'm pretty high on the Gladiators. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, I think it's kind of fair. I think Vlad's also have been, that's another team where it, it, all the pieces are there for them. It's just, it's clear they're not quite as on the same page as they were. And they're still looking great, you know? Like, they, ha I mean, they, they haven't lost, like, a match, you know, still. Like, sure, they had a close match versus Houston. But the thing is, the thing is, is, like, Houston, their caliber of their team is good. It's just they're, they're just lost in the sauce all the fucking time. Like, that, that's why I don't even necessarily hate this Houston result is because, like, Houston should be really good right now. The problem is it's Houston Outlaws, so they're not I mean, good. And they had multiple and, like, opportunities they should to win multiple though. maps in this yeah, series. Yeah, they should be good. Um, and, and, like, they actually should. Like, so I don't even hate this result that much. Um, and for Glads, it's more so, okay, like, I'm sure they're still going to get good, better. Their kickoff clash points were so good that, like, I don't feel like I can write them off. And also, they have a great Hyperflex main tank that can make sure they can play all the compositions they want. Their back line is incredible. So their Kevster continues to look fucking crazy. Uh, I, and and even odds when he and odds when he gets subbed in with, and Patty Pen when he gets subbed in, they look, look incredible. Like they just still look really good. So I'm not writing them off. I'm I'm not going to necessarily put Shock in the forerunner yet because I think Glads have uh, a great, is, a fucking great team still. This it's just so painful. This I mean, this Houston match, man, was I was watching this. And I, I was mean, like, was there's Jake no Defy fucking greatest. way Outlaws lose this map, right? There's no fucking way they have good positioning. Yeah. Everybody steps off. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't even that one was bad, but the one before that was worse. New Queen Street was way worse. New yeah. Queen Street was way worse than that one. They had two of the like two awful, awful C9s, and like so that. But to be fair, like that's 
it's about right for the Houston Outlaws. So, like, you know, it makes sense. But it's just, like, I can't believe it. So, I, I don't even rate that match that badly against the Glads. Because, literally, Glads, Houston should be a really good team. <laughs> they should be a really good team. They got double flex support. They got last year on Zenyatta. Like, he should be incredible. Dante's been playing well in the Doomfist. Merit's a good hit scan. Like, I, I don't know where it's gone wrong for this team. Uh... Hopefully they can they can turn it around. I I do. I get physically pained watching this because I predicted the Houston Outlaws, and you can Johnny can attest to this. I was the entire like first eight minutes of this round, I was just molding about how bad the Houston Outlaws are playing. Regardless of the C nine so and stuff like that, they're just like Pelicans just playing his own game, and Tracer in the back line just getting hard diffed by uh, by Kevster. Like Merritt's the thing, and then they just do shit like oh, this, I like mean, oh, like they were in the bad. driver's seat for that round. If bad, they keep pushing, man. they get a pick. That's they probably win that. Like, that's insanity. That is like one of the worst. Also, that's my first mauled moment. I can't believe you predicted Houston to be Glads. That's my first mauled moment right there. Hey, dude, like, I felt it. It, it. Like, it made sense. If, if the Gladiators were ever going to drop bender. a match, that was going to be one of them. If Houston was ever going to be good and, like, have that pop-off moment where they beat a team that you wouldn't think they would beat, that was the moment. Yet, instead of popping off, they decided to just avoid the cart like they're allergic to it. <sighs> okay, so I, I, okay, I, I need, I need to give the Outlaws fans some hopium here. They did, they did. I mean, play closely with the Gladiators. Besides, I can all that. First of all, the series is a wash. Okay, just forget about it. It didn't happen. It was just filled with mistakes. You know, two C nines. Who cares? Just like move on. But besides those two C nines. It was a very competitive match. Map three, you're just boomed. Eichenwalde, it doesn't matter, okay? You're boomed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't count. But the first two maps, they were really close. Merit has been one of the best soldiers so far this stage, albeit playing against very bad teams. Um, you know, so far we haven't, you know, seen him, you know, take over a game against like Shock or Atlanta yet, which, you know, is a completely different thing versus doing it against the Vancouver Titans. Um, but overall, I, I think that the Outlaws, they're, they're looking pretty good. They have a match against the Atlanta Reign this week. I wouldn't say Outlaws are the favorites by any means, but I expect them to at least put up like a good fight. Like, I look forward to seeing the Outlaws play. And I think the Gladiators, as much as we want to like, you know, look down on their performance here now, they've played teams close. This was a, you know, pretty good series, I think, between two good teams. So, you know, they're not number one. If I had to predict Shock or Gladiators tomorrow, I would pick Shock. Because I think Shock are the better team, but I think that uh, I think that Gladiators is still like a you know top three, top four team in the region, and Outlaws is you know number five, six, knocking on that door. So I I, I think there was two good teams. I don't think you know we should all shit on them. No, no. I mean, it, they they didn't play awfully. That that wasn't my no. takeaway. It was just they just C nine, which is like you know it, it just interacted with the amygdala in your brain in a in a very unique manner. So, yeah, you know, it's We're angry because we care. Right, like they should be a good team. Oh, that's I'm the a Washington reason Justice apologist. I understand. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. No, that's even more indefensible. That's even more indefensible, <laughs> and I will be yelling at you later in that. Yeah, so let's, that's that's fine. Let's let's revisit the standings real quick as well, and talk about these bubble teams that are not going to make it in. Because I want to let's let's just talk. Let's let's go through the list here because there's a lot of teams. A lot of it, this might be difficult to try and pin down which team we expect not to be making it but i know my answer uh, washington are up there as one of the teams that are not making it in but i you oh, also yeah. probably need a second I see one boston right and probably boston washington boston washington probably both, boston I, yeah. I think boston and, and washington both don't make it my particular the thing is so that here's the current situation is like so for i'm just gonna read out like kind of how it works in fact I'll, I'll put it up but like pretty much for london to make it they is they can just beat Justice or win two matches and they're in. 
and they're playing Paris, Justice, and Dallas. I think that's very doable mm. for them. That's for independent. Like, other results, like, other teams losing could get them in still, even if they don't win those matches. But, like, <clears throat> just winning two matches, including only beating Justice, I think that's insanely doable for, for London. So I think London are probably pretty safe. Florida, theirs is hard because they have Boston and Glad's left, um, which Boston, not the hardest one, but Glad's a very tough team. And But they can't independently qualify they have I'll to put it beat in the Bo chat, Kurt. Live chat. Yeah, yeah. Did you put it in the live chat? Yeah. So they have to beat Boston. And also, London has to lose, like, all their matches. Toronto has to lose all their matches. Or Justice has to lose two of their matches. So mm -hmm. they're kind of hoping on other squads. And also, obviously, they have to beat Boston. Um, and then Toronto, they have Glad's Pair Shock, which is two very tough teams remaining. It, to get in, they have to win all of their matches. Not possible, more than likely. You said or they the, have the to thing, have like the things in the live chat. You said the talk yes, about this. in the live chat. Okay, and then pretty much, yeah. and then there's Justice who has three tough, who has Glad's London Titans, and they pretty much can't get in either independently. So like the 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 edge cases are Houston, are Florida, and Justice. Holy, but, holy, holy nerge. dude! I yeah, there's a lot the, of reading. I don't know if I want to read. But this. the point, but the point being is that there's only four teams you really have to look at. It's Justice, Toronto, Florida, and. Um, London. Yeah, London. my brain can't pass this. Boston is like, I mean, Boston, it, their remaining matches are hard, and they just haven't looked enough to me for me to even include them in the conversation. Obviously, they technically can, but I mean, mm -hmm. I don't see it's pretty hard when you consider their upcoming matches are going to be mayhem. Hey, Florida, Houston, and... New York. Yeah, I mean, they have, I, I, I think New York is obviously, okay, sure. Houston. New York, I mean, I don't. No? New York, yeah, but they, if they, but the thing is, if they lose to New York, then it makes sure that Boston can't. Right. Make it, okay. I see. God, that's so. that's so complicated. I don't even want to talk about it. Just yeah, it's a lot. But, but pretty much, you have to just worry about four teams and, and maybe Boston, <sighs> but you have to really worry about four teams. And, okay. But my bet is, I don't think Justice or Boston makes it. My bet. Yeah. This is this is crushing my soul. And speaking of soul crushing games, there was a there was a game recently. Um, I was watching the games. And uh, this Washington versus Toronto game was on the list. And I, I started watching it. I watched a single team fight. And I went to another game. <laughs> I went to another game. It, was not, it wasn't worth the time investment. And uh, yeah, I mean, do you, need, do you need a new name for, for, for a toilet bowl match? Do you need a new name? Do you need, a, do you need to coin some new term for it? Can't we just call it what it's always been known as, the El Clasico? It's the El Asico, actually. <laughs> there the it is. Asico. There it is. I mean, the El Asico has existed for a while, though. That's a term that's existed for oh, it has? That existed oh, okay. with Houston and Boston, like, in, like, 2020 and stuff. I haven't played Marbles like, in a while. Yeah, the El Asico has existed for, for some time. But, I, I I mean, this win exactly is expected on it. Did so, you, you, were you coach him in this match? Come oh, on. I was. But I was fucked up because... <laughs> I like I was fucked up because of the fact that like so midsummer like the the, the Scandinavian like yeah. festival for what? solstice happened. So listen, Sorry, no what? no listen, there's a whole story involved. So I worked <laughs> with a bunch of Swedish people. Their Swedish friends were in town, including one of their one of my coworkers' mother. Yeah, and they were like, oh, like midsummer's happening tonight. Do you want to come to our midsummer dinner? And I was like, sure, sounds fun. Like I would love to do some like Swedish things, you know. And so I show up. And I put on the crown of flowers and everything. And then they start singing songs like in Swedish. And I, and between every lyric, I have to take a shot. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, and I hadn't like eaten that much that day. And then I got 
absolutely destroyed at Midsummer. <laughs> I got absolutely <laughs> destroyed. Like I, I would probably have not have coached him that day if not for the fact that my body was smarter than me and it made me puke. So I was able to get all the poison out of my body oh my ahead of time. God. So I was able, so I was able to go live the next day. But I was just destroyed. I was a husk of a human being when oh, I went live. And the first the match before. of the day was Justice Toronto. Yeah. That was the first match. And I'm sitting there like, I, I, I should have had, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't have the energy to mold as much as I should have. But like, I am going to mold now at, just, at you, Johnny, forever predicting the Washington Justice to win matches against any team that is not New York. And even New York could be a, a, a toss-up because like, this, this is the most Justice match ever conceived. You guys, this is the uh, most Justice match. You guys, it's crazy. <laughs> Johnny the Scott, you guys are in, the, you're in person now, right? You're in the truck together. Yeah. So you're yeah. watching these games together. It, it, I think the moment that like we mentally checked out as well was this exact moment. <laughs> that was the moment. That was that was the moment of like, yep, yeah, I'm not invested in this game anymore. I don't. I'm 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 not interested anymore. Like that. Like what? Kalios's Doomfist was so bad and then <laughs> Muse says in his interview later he's like yeah I've only been playing Doomfist for like two days and Muse like hard diffed Kalios like it was <laughs> this game fuck? everything was wrong with this game it was just two bad teams playing against each other who just like they have great players just have no fundamental understanding of how the game is played literally they could just copy the compositions from another team and they'd probably do well or just like practice at all but they just i mean that's essentially what defiant did do with this yeah comp, and, they and they're good and it was pretty and, decent yeah. yeah washington on the other hand they're playing lucio anna fucking doomfist like i don't know like it's not the worst thing in the world it's just they don't look like they have any idea what to do like the only map they won was the first map and decay went crazy and that's usually and then he went missing for the rest of the series as per every washington justice series ever lately I don't know what stage of grief I'm in, but at this point, I feel sorry for the Justice. <laughs> I, I'm like, you have Mag, who, you know, he can play Winston. He can't play the Wrecking Ball in this meta. His Doomfist was okay, I suppose, but I'm not, like, excited to build around Mag's Doomfist. So they're like, okay, we're going to play around Kalios for the entire time. And then they decide to put their off tank player to be their Doomfist player because their main tank can't really do the job properly. And they did, how, many, how much Sigma did they play? They, they barely played any barely Sigma. Play, I don't think Very either little. team played any Sigma. Sigma. Yeah, I, don't th yeah. I think they played a Doomfist I mean, head to head the entire match. Possibly um, Doom. So neither of these tank players are like great to have in this meta. Like they just lack flexibility in that role and like confidence in that role. The backline's okay, I suppose. The, the DPS line, it, it's good. We know that. But at this point, I'm like, fuck, what do you do? Like, what do you do Like, if you're the, if you're the coaching staff of this team? Because I wouldn't want to commit to Mag. And we kind of have to roll with the Kalios Doomfist. Because he can't... I mean, you could play Sigma here, but like, I'm not excited to play Sigma on like, This goes Legion beyond Gardens. the Kalios problem, though. I yeah. don't think you can exclusively put this on Kalios not being good at Doom. Like... They are still, there's just zero coordination for this yeah. team. There is like, and if the K doesn't pop or happy doesn't pop out of their gourds, then there's just no chance they accomplish anything. Like, and that's just not how it's supposed to work. Like it's, it's clearly, I don't even fully blame Calios for this loss at all. Like obviously Doomfist was atrocious. It's just this, it's just justice continued to be injustice where it doesn't feel like there's a lot of like synergy. doesn't feel like there's good ult usage. It's just hoping that Happy or Decay just wins.
Can I give you guys a new dose of Washington Justice copium? No. No. No, no really. This I'm weekend... I'm immune. So. Vigilante comes of age. Vigilante is officially able to play. Oh, Krillin Vigilante action, you think? Maybe? Like support? No, they're going to fuck think? it up. They always do. But it, it could be interesting to see Vigilante play. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I think it's a net positive still. It's just, once again, I just don't think that's... I, I mean, who knows? I, sometimes a new player coming in can revitalize your team because it changes the way you can, you can play your comps, etc. No, this team has and a like, maybe, generational curse applied to it. It, ever, since, ever, since, ever since the fucking day that this organization was coined, it has a curse laid upon its head and it will never find success. It will come close to it. It will come close to it, but it will never find success. Who, who, okay, let me ask you this question. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but it might, might imply something. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Supreme as your head coach or KDG? KDG. I'm KDG. KDG. ADG, yeah. Because yeah. He's, he's, he's at least had some success. Oh. He's at least had some success somewhere. I don't know. Other than like the Hangzhou Spark in like 2019, which there was other staff involved there too and like also good quality players. I don't know. Like obviously, True. and the thing is for KDG, as long as <laughs> this, is no, this, is easily, this is easily solvable because well, Justice have always been full Korean. That's so true. you just, it's easily solvable. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a edge case, but it really does suck for logics. I'm not trying to make an excuse for that. That's obviously, like, you know, a terrible coaching job to, to what he did to logics and, like, isolating him and, or, no, isolating him the other way? Yeah. 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 Him. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, like, the fact that Washington Justice have struggled the way they've done now for, like, one and a half years or one and a half seasons, like, holy fuck, something has to change, dude. Yeah. Like, come on. It's not it's, the players. Like, it's just not the players. Like, you, no. the, they have good players. Like, you have to look Alan's elsewhere. There. And yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say more, but something has to change. All right. Let's go on to APAC then. We, I, listen, I, honestly, every time I host a show, I might just have a rule where we talk about, we have a minute to talk about justice. Anytime they come up as a topic. And that's it. <laughs> we're, we're I mean, they should be banned seconds. like how we banned like FPX in the Valorant Yeah, and we just have a timer that gets put up and yeah. it's 60 seconds and it goes down. And as soon as it's done, we're done. We're, no, we can't say anything more. But let's talk about APAC here. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit more general. I watched, uh, I watched a couple of these games here that, the, from, uh, from APAC and there was some interesting shit happening. Namely, Seoul. Dude, I was watching a Seoul game versus uh, Shanghai. I was like... Dude, who's this stalker player? And I'm like, did he join recently? And then I looked at the joint date, and it was the preseason, in 20, in like before the season, in like 2021. I was like, what the fuck? But this guy was this guy was dominating on the tracer. Honestly, he was having a really good showcase of, against the Shanghai Dragons overall. I think um, APAC is probably the most interesting region currently between the two regions. I would say between oh, West yeah. and, and and East, like. The, the, it, it feels like so much more is up in the air, especially with Valiant just having all this drama and subterfuge and chaos surrounding it in terms of just the, the, the players having to rally up against the, the corporate hierarchy where they're, they're like rallying together to get players signed and Marvel's just fucking dominating. He's dominating in his matches. He's like carrying them to victory. This, this region is, uh, it's all over the place. It, it, but it's, uh, it's fun. It was fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think... Some teams are good. I, it's cool to see like some teams that we don't expect coming into the season do well. Like as you said, like Soul Dynasty, we're always a little 
cautiously optimistic about them, but they're doing well. Spark seem to have their shit together in a in a in a basket. So they're doing well. Valiant, the additions, you know, Molly played like crazy. Like Marvel and Molly were both great signings, even if they were getting paid by the rest of their players. Um, <laughs> but like for me, the big surprise is Shanghai Dragons. Like, yeah. you know, obviously they've had a bad situation. People are saying their practice facilities haven't been great, all the COVID situation in China. But Shanghai Dragons, with their roster, they should not be doing this poorly. And yes, they lost. They can't play two tanks anymore, which was one of their biggest strengths. But I brought this up to Johnny, and I want to pose this question to you, uh, to you, Brennan, uh, Connor, of like, do you think that the rest of the league has caught up to the caliber of mechanical skill as the Shanghai Dragons? Because, you know, this is the roster they had in 2020 when we were like, they're just the best individual players. But now they're going up against Shy and Alphayi. And the back lines potentially are better from in other teams. Like, do you think there is a world in which Shanghai is just going to struggle mechanically, not just strategically? Yeah, I know. I didn't even. I never thought that there was the. Um, when I was watching Shanghai at the the very tippity top, their peak, I always thought a huge strength came from the tank line of Fate and Void. Fate was so intelligent when he was playing, and they worked really well with with each other. The, the dance that gets that gets played between the tank duos and the the overall coordination of Shanghai was just. It was unbeatable, and the mechanical level where they had to be like, you had to have these incredible superstar players. Like, don't get me wrong, Flutter and Lip, great players, Izzy as well, yeah. for like very, very skilled players. But ultimately, that wasn't the that wasn't the, the the selling point of Shanghai in my mind when they were at their peak. It was the coordination and the, and them playing together. And I think they've really kind of struggled, I think, to find that same kind of level. With the with the move to five v five, you've got um you've got situations where I think you're seeing a ton more agency with DPS players in teams where you're really seeing them unlock. Like I've seen more profit moments this season than I have in what feels like the last two years, last three years. Like it's just the nature of the game now is moving into that direction, and I think it doesn't move towards the strengths of of the dragons when I when I've been watching them. Um, I, I think it's it's a bit unfortunate, but yeah, the, the that's that's how I'm viewing it when I was watching this game. I, I think it. That point really got hammered home to me in this series. Yeah. I mean, also, I don't know if it's necessarily a mechanical issue. Like, sure, great mechanical players have entered the league, but I definitely think that it's just, yeah, a lot of mechanical freaks have entered the league to help equalize the power of the Shanghai roster, but definitely the loss of the current, like the play style of Overwatch 1. I think these players were clearly the best at how Overwatch 1 worked and how Overwatch, the style of Overwatch 1 playing around two tanks. But they've struggled when they don't have that second tank to anchor them. Because it's not just about not having Void. It's also the flow of the game is very, very different. The meta changes are very different when you're down an off tank. When, you know, when you're only playing one tank, the way that you the entire team flows and set up team fights and peel, etc., 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 is very different. So I definitely think there's been a lot of great players entering the league. But a lot of these same players that are being Dragons now existed before. Um, it's just Dragons clearly don't have the same grasp of this game. As they do, as they did in Overwatch One, in my opinion, mm. and that's just they just were the best at playing six v six. Yeah, I think I think that's an important point. Like, whether if you're like the most skilled mechanical player of all time, uh, compensating for being for like poor positioning or doing like uh, a mistake with like a tracer blink or something, that's going to dramatically affect like how effect effective you are um, on your hero. So in many ways, you know, the reason why the damage pairs on Shanghai were so good in 6 versus 6 was because they were at the right place at the right time, um, backed up by their two tanks in a very good way, and it allowed their mechanical skill to shine. 
Whereas if, you know, you're trying to get uh, away with, you know, mechanical skill to make up for deficiencies in positioning or mismanagement of your abilities, um, that's going to be very, very hard because, you know, everyone in the Overwatch League is so good, right? So I, I think it's an important point that, like, the dynamics of 5 versus 5 is going to change how your damage players perform because, you know, their positioning and where they find themselves in fights. Um, I, I pretty much, you know, said the same thing as you did, Bren, on the broadcast when Costa answered it. I was just like, you know, vo Void and Fate were, and, you know, Void and Fearless were crucial to Shanghai Dragon's success in 2020 mm -hmm. and 2021. So I don't think it's a big surprise that um, they're seeing a bit different results so far in 2022 as they adjust. But they're, they're so mechanically skilled that I think eventually, you know, they're, they'll find their footing. I, I haven't lost confidence in them as a team yet. I haven't seen any, like, super weird decisions that just like, what the fuck's going on with the dragons? Like, you know, um, they'll figure stuff out. Yeah, I hope so. It'd be a shame for them to drop off, I think, as well. But, uh, I mean, speaking overall positives as well in this match that we're watching, uh, Soul Dynasty, they look good, man. Smurf, I think, has been playing really fucking well on a multitude of roles. Prophet is having these crazy moments. This is the game where Fitch just Ooh. went nuts Ooh. as well. I mean, he had back-to-back... I think 4K, 5K moments where he's playing the Sojourn. Like, the the team looks like they are firing on all cylinders. I use that line a lot, but uh, I think it's quite fitting with, with Soul because, yeah, it's um it, it, it does. It just feels like the game, the, the game of 5v5, it fits into the strengths finally of this team. I've seen so many moments now where these the DPS lines of various teams are just having these incredible moments where they are just dominating. Um, and, yeah, finally, finally, Profit is unleashed again. It, we, we just needed we just needed it to be 5v5. Like, back when the game was 6v6 and people didn't know how to play, you, you saw many profit moments. But, uh, yeah, it's it's it was it was pretty sick to watch. What, what do you guys make as well of this, like, I don't know, the Brig Bap that people are playing on the back line? I think it's good to pin on the comp. Yeah. Depends on the comp. I think sometimes yeah. when people are playing, like, Brig Bap with the ball, though, I hate it with every fiber of my being. I've seen a couple teams do, like, Brig, brig Bap with, like, the, the ball. And shit, and I'm like, this is not good. But like, if you're playing with like a Sigma or, or, or maybe even like, like a Rhine or something like that, like I don't, I don't mind it. I think it's, I think it's solid. Mm. One team, I like it. Yeah, one team. I didn't mean. I don't know why. I just my brain just went to that. I was just looking at it. The uh, I want to talk about the Valiant though. I want to talk about their their matches because this this team is they're the talk of the town. I'm not gonna lie. Listen, the the news, the rumors, it's all circulating them. Apparently, the 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 players are no longer crowdfunding their own players <laughs> now yeah. apparently they that's fired like not... people so they could fund the others Good job. yeah apparently that's not happening now but uh yeah w the question is what is valiant's path to the mid-season madness but i feel like they're already forging their way there with the reverse sweep against philly i mean that's the match that i that i want to i want to look at as well as the centerpiece of this one because currently they're they're i think they're the second bottom team when it comes to the standings of the mid-season madness if i'm remembering correctly the, the only team... Uh, yeah, so yes, looking indeed. at them, they are second to bottom, yes. But the way they're playing at the moment, I could... They've got the win over Philly, and I could see them winning over Chengdu if they haven't played already. I actually don't know the how the matches work out. I don't know they what... They have Chengdu, Shanghai, Seoul Spark, yeah. Yeah. So, there, there's a world where I see this team actually doing bits. I don't know. They've got, the, they've got this weird camaraderie buff. Like, where it's like the world is against them. The players had to rally together. Marvel is, like, dominating. 
the the the, the backlines all coming together. Oh my <laughs> God. Zondi, wow. Still in the chat, by the way, supporting the Los Angeles yeah. Valiant. Don't know if he was aware of everything that's been happening with this organization over the many years, but th this guy is just just a resounding supporter of the the city system, the city based system of franchising. He just loves yeah. the Los Angeles well, Valiant so much. Actually, I want to comment on this because he actually commented on my most recent video, something of this, uh, on this line. He said, Hazon Day said, he said, honest to God, as big of an owl fan as I am, I understand so little about how the franchises work as businesses. They're big investments. And I wonder how revenue recoups look like, uh, re 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 the revenue recoups that. Sorry. He posted yeah. that on, uh, like YouTube, yeah, I, on your video. That, on my YouTube, one of my YouTube videos. Yeah, there, there it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what the fuck? Okay, what's up? Uh, dude, t I mean, but the thing is, I, I'm going I'm to say it. This is the, the clearest indicator of how, like, franchising can work. Because Tayson Day doesn't know Hell shit. Yeah. But he's like... Dude, I love this franchise, and that's like that's no different than a lot of other sports. Like, like I'm gonna I'm like so many people don't know dick about anything in sports wise, but like this is my city, you know, like, and I gotta support it. Like, I I think I personally think that it's still a good system. I mean, it's also when you think take into account the um, optic news that just happened too, where Envy doesn't exist as a brand anymore. Yeah, Envy is now only optic, which to be honest, as an ex employee of Envy, I'm not surprised that it made sense. Like. To like just merge them, but but Dallas Fuel still stays the same, you know. Even though that their company that owns them, Envy, doesn't really exist anymore, it's now Optic. It's still Dallas Fuel, you know. There are, there are some clear advantages, I think, in terms of like retaining those continuums. I think <laughs> of, of, of it's just I don't know. People. It is funny. Yeah, it is a great example of how yeah. franchising works. The tribalism aspect. My city, yeah. I will support it no matter what. But just. Yeah, I I always it's Tayzondi is the one constant for the Valiant. What are their upcoming matches then? What's what do they have to do then to to qualify for this? Yeah, right. they can not so, independently qualify. So Chengdu Shanghai Soul Spark. So Chengdu and Shanghai, uh, you know, are going to be the two they're probably looking to win. Um, and I mean, this is written in such a hard way. Does anyone understand this? Yes. So essentially, okay. they play you, Chengdu. You and, they, they they play Chengdu and Shanghai this upcoming weekend, and then they play Seoul Dynasty and Hongzhou Spark the next weekend. After mm -hmm. that, I I want to throw in my thought on the hat of I think people are massively overreacting to these Valiant wins. I think that they beat the Guangzhou Charge and lost a map to them, and Charge looks like they're fucking lost. Like they look like they just played Overwatch Two or they didn't even read the patch notes. <laughs> and then the Philadelphia Fusion <laughs> match. That wasn't as much... Yes, Valiant are playing good enough to capitalize on the success, but the Philadelphia Fusion was the biggest example of they put a fucking rod in their bike. Like, they were, <laughs> they should have won Gibraltar easily. No they way. They, had, yeah. like, they, they absolutely should have. In like should've. five different moments, they should have won Gibraltar. I've never seen and somebody after, throw as much as Belos Rhea on Gibraltar. Yeah. He's just fucking jumping in on his own, <laughs> just diving the back line and just die. They just kill him, and then they're like, well, okay, and then they just walk back in. And then we go to fucking New Queen Street, and the Philadelphia Fusion lost to a. It was, can I? Can you bring this up, Kurt, of the New Queen Street of this match? They played like Sombra, Lucio, Zenyatta, uh, Zaya. Oh, uh, and something, and like a Sojin. And like, it makes no sense. And you're like, this shouldn't work at all. And then what they match was it? Was Philly, I guess, too? Philly against Valiant. And then they full capped on them playing this weird as shit comp. And like Philadelphia Fusion just imploded. And like they lost all confidence in themselves and just stopped making any plays. All of their good players went missing. It was it was a strange match. And I think 
Something that I am worried about is that I think Carpe is having a very hard time right now in Overwatch 2. New, and I New think Queen Street. Yeah, New Queen Street. The Philly fourth versus Valiant match, yeah. Um, I think Carpe is really struggling to find his footing right now on this team. And I think yeah. at some point they need to start leaning onto MN3 and Zest more. I hard agree with that, I think. I don't know if it's... The, it's weird though as well, because I see bad overall decision-making when MN3 is in, like in terms of just the team shows hesitation with what they should be doing at a given moment or time. But when Carpe's in, there's less hesitation with the, the overall decisions that they need to make. Like, oh, they're, they're flanking this, we need to fight this, blah, 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 whatever. But Carpe finds himself in these weird positions constantly where he's being caught out. Constantly. Yeah. It's, it's so weird, this, this complete juxtaposition between the same team when just the, the, the two players are swapped out. And I can't... I can't make heads or tails of it, man. I really, I really can't. I, it's, yeah, it's weird watching this team. I mean, and, and this comp, this idea that they've had with this comp, it's, it was a good one. Like they're playing this, this like kind of rush brawl comp, I guess this esque with the, with the May in terms of how they wanted to play it. But there were so many moments where the team would rush and Carpe's trying to take an off angle, but he just doesn't realize that he's being pushed by the rest of them. It doesn't get calm to him or something, or he's just like at a weird angle trying to get value out of his gun, but he's constantly hiding behind cover, so he's never actually really getting value because he's playing off from the rest of his team. It's 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 odd watching a fusion play. It's very it's very strange at the moment because you can feel them want to play Carpe. And I think they've the justification they've gave before was that Carpe was more experienced in terms of his calling. Right? Is that why he was seeing playtime over MN3? I'm pretty sure someone in, when I was watching the game, someone in my chat said that a while ago. Could have just been absolutely bullshit. Could have just been source. I made it up, but I choose to believe it. Um, but it's yeah, it's it, it. This this series was just it was strange. It was strange. Just many moments of just throwing. Really dominated the first two maps. Like dominated. Like it wasn't close. Like the first two maps. Yeah, this was. This should have been the easiest three zero by Philadelphia Fusion ever. I, I don't know what happened. Maybe a coach came in and just gave a demotivating street uh, speech. But something, something's off the goop. Okay, you can go to the fourth map. I just want to see the composition. Speech. Yeah, it, like <laughs> the it's it was it was. It's, Man, I don't know what happened to them. They just snapped. Uh, and it's the most Philadelphia Fusion thing ever. And they're now, if you look at the standings in the East. Three and five in the regular season. The only th reason that they're, you know, having success is the two points. Look at this <laughs> Look composition. At this Sombra, Sojin, Zaya, Lucio, Zenyatta. And they dominated the fusion. And like, how does this composition dominate the fusion? I have no idea. But like, he whiffs grabs. Like, Sasha's like, Valiant aren't playing flawlessly. He just whiffs a grab. But they go on to win the team fight. And they go on to just dominate. Like, it's... Something's I mean, it was definitely, I mean, I think at points of this match, there was DPS differentials occurring, honestly, like tempo, like they, they just had a lot of space to work with. Their DPS were hitting all their shots. Not even they were kind look. of popping. Just... Look at the swaps they're making. They're scrambling to like find yeah. answers. For yeah, this. I mean, I mean, Fusion just, it's clear they're in a rut right now, I think to me. And I do kind of agree with you, Custa, but like the reality yeah. is that Valiant, I've, I've already made this point, Valiant have been designated the, the league's meme team and thus they can, thus... If anything happens, mildly fluctuates with them, people are going to lose their fucking... They're going to pog out of their gourds <laughs> no matter what happens because they've already they've already chosen that this is the team that will be... This will be the meme for the year. And there's no escaping it. It's just how it works. We live in a society and um, that's just what it's going to be like. So I, I don't think that like... I don't think it's going to change too much. I do think Valiant, their DPS players have been looking good. I think Marv 1 has been good for them here but like this fusion match was crushing because it was fusion should have won it they just they actually should have won it they had all the, the conditions too it's just Gibraltar they didn't was so painful get anything yeah they just didn't get anything going for them like it's just crazy <laughs>
Yeah, dude. If I'm sorry to keep chopping and changing. I should have pulled specific clips here, but if you go to uh, Gibraltar, which was the, the third map, I think, right? That map, yeah. Yeah, and when Philly are on their defense side and they're in the the middle section, the hangar, I was just in pain watching them play that section. I was in pain because they just it was just Belos Rear just feeding every now and then, and then they would just lose power position after power position. They had such a good they had such good control of the map at that middle section. They could have just held on for ages, and they just kept giving them openings over and over and over again. It was. Uh, God, it was pain. Like, just, it was... Ah, Rio died first, I think, like, four or five different times. Yeah. Uh, just in this, like, in these, like, one defenses and attacks and stuff like that. It, yeah, it was just... Yeah, and, like, they're losing to a D.Va as well. Like, you know, that's the, that's the worst part as well. People are going to be like, maybe D.Va's good. No, it's not. It's not. It's just, if you have Bellas Rio just inting in, it'll, yeah. be, it'll work. Mar Marvel was just... Uh... He was just in, he was just using his boosters on Bellus Rio and Bellus Rio engaged and just almost just chunking him down every time, every single time. He had some good moments as well though, but yeah, quite quite painful for the fusion. Definitely many moments to win to win this particular map. I'm calling it now. I think uh, Valiant are going to make the uh, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the midseason madness. It, they're going to beat Shanghai. It's and a hard one to make. It's a hard no. one to make they're because me, they're, they're, they're going to beat Shanghai and Chengdu. I mean. Yeah, it's it's very possible, I think. And then also they have to have not only do they have to beat them, but you know, Shanghai and Chengdu also have to lose like two to three matches like each. So Wait, it's not in their hands. It's not in their hands, no. They're out sure? they're out of it. It's yes, it's not their independent qualification is not in their hands. It's entirely dependent on them winning some matches and other people losing because of the kickoff clash bonus points. Oh. It's out of their hands. Oh. Yes. Well, I still don't think they're going to win those matches. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have much else to add on to this. I've just been rambling. Johnny, do you, are you agreeing with our no, points? No, that was, that was a beautiful segment. That was a beautiful segment. I'm proud of you guys. It was very interesting <laughs> to listen to, but I don't have anything else to add. Okay. I think you guys, uh, yeah, I think you guys did a very good job summarizing the Philadelphia Fusion and the State Room. They are disappointing. <laughs> it's time for a break. I like this part of our show because I get to walk around a little bit and take a break. All right, we're going to take a short break. I don't know how long it's going to be. Probably like three minutes. We'll be back. Thank you very much for all the super chats as well, everybody, and, uh, and the members and whatnot. Much appreciated. You guys have been popping off with that. I was trying to inject uh, the super chats into the show wherever I could. Um, but by the time I had... This is, this is a, a Bren... ADHD brain rot problem. It's not on you guys. But by the time I had looked at the laptop, we had already moved on from the segment. So I just couldn't inject it. But thank you for the super chats. Um, the, some, of them, some of them were pretty good in terms of the, what you guys were, were adding to the show. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. I'm also now going to run to the bathroom. So uh, I'll be back. Listen to like the volumes of like music that makes you poop or something. I, I don't know. We're going to go to Carefree again. This is the tried and true song. Eventually, I'm going to download a bunch of royalty few music but it's not on the priority list right now of things to do but yeah thanks for watching the show everybody we'll be back in two minutes um yeah appreciate everybody that's been coming becoming members and supporting the show if you guys are just watching feel free to like the video it also helps as well a bit loud all right i'll turn it down my mic's pretty loud too there you go
Oh, that's a good question. Avast, are you here? Oh, he's not here. We'll have to ask him what table he got for his room when he gets back. Yeah, obviously the Overwatch 2 beta is back right now, if you didn't know. Now you know. And maybe it will stay up. Maybe the servers are up. I don't know. Is the server are the servers up right now? <laughs> like are they working? Yeah, the game's live. The game is live. You can get access. You can be playing it right now. Okay. Cool. If you have codes for it, if you have like a code to it, obviously. Because do you need a not everyone need gets a second code? Because I got in the first. Yes, they ref they refresh the. I don't. I'm not totally, but they refresh the beta access essentially. So, for some people, apparently, like it carried over, like but only a select group. But pretty much, if you they refresh for the general populace, you had to get another. You had to get access to the beta again because they changed the back end due to like. Do the fact that like now they're doing crossplay and doing console beta, etc. Mm. So all the codes refreshed, and so you either have to sign up again and hope you get it, or you can buy the Watchpoint pack. And not only do you get a bunch of like cosmetic stuff for the game and things, you also get immediate access to the beta, this second beta. Oh, so. I thought I was gonna be able to play. Guess not. Um, <laughs> yeah, not unless not unless your access carried over or you've been granted access for this beta. So uh, I'll try tonight. Well, we're back. If Oh, we're not back. It's just me. I mean, the countdown me, shows up on screen for everybody. Uh, Avast, what kind of table did you end up getting? Oh, I didn't get it yet because I was planning to get it. And then I was like, well, I'm thinking. And then I went to Midsummer, and then, then the weekend happened. And then now I'm here. So it's like, I haven't actually ordered anything yet by any means. So I'll uh, probably end up getting the, the first one I think I linked. I can't remember. You guys um, talking about the beta and tables? Yeah, beta and tables. Do, do also, there was a story. It, it depends is the answer. So you probably don't, sadly. You've left. The, I think you've left the privileged group of like you get your stuff carries over, sadly. But some people apparently their beta access carries over, and then for most people you have to reapply to the beta or get it through the watchpoint pack. I think is how it works. Dude, so, I gave my I gave blood, sweat, and tears to this game. Because Scott, your beta access carried over, right? Uh, I bought the watchpoint pack. Or you just bother watching my okay, so watch you're, you're not even a good watch you're not even a good case study. Oh yeah, as I said, so. people keep saying it's not a good deal. It's like you get they said you get the first three battle passes when you buy it, you get two exclusive skins, you get a token, and you get the thing. It's like yeah, I, I mean, I would say I it's a relatively yeah, like, I mean it's no different than like it's mm. like the same as like buy it's probably a better deal than if you wait till the game to go live and then buy the battle passes independently, get some extra you, stuff. So if you're planning on putting money into the game eventually, like when the game comes out and you want to buy the battle passes, like this is a pretty good deal for that. So. Yeah, and if you're interested in Overwatch, like you want to play the beta and you want to support the game, Watchpoint, like all there. I remember yeah. Kurt, you had sent me a message earlier, being like, "Please tell the soccer story." And I was like, "What is he talking? What the soccer?" I'm assuming it was when we were doing the uprising. Segment. Yeah, it must have been the Boston and uprising segment. It was must have been the Boston segment talking about when we used to play indoor soccer all the time or <laughs> outdoor soccer. But I don't know exactly which story he he's like you're talking about because like. All I remember was that Huck used to get like way too involved in the soccer. Like, he was like really like involved and like he was going really fucking hard and like getting physical, you know, like with it, against the players and stuff. The like real he would, iron shoulder. He cared like really heavily about the soccer. He was into it. And like, but I mean, it was a way for him to burn off steam, you know, but mm -hmm. it was very funny because it was like all just like us 
uh, just like a bunch of like total dweebs that like don't play any sports, you know. And there's Huck like going fucking hard, like really getting up on you, like but you know getting physical, like trying his best. Like it, it was too good. It was too good. <laughs> don't look at this group of gamers. Anyway, let's get into the. This I quite like this part of the show. This is the the match predictions for week eight as well. Last week. Little Timothy, you did some uh, you did some predictions as well. The match of the week, I believe, was what the Dallas Florida match, and sixty-eight uh, percent of you picked uh, Dallas Fuel. You guys were correct. Nice job. You got it right. Let's go, Timmy. Nice job. Let's go, Timothy. You're three and two. You're above average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely popping off. You're pogging out of control. Good job, Timmy. Now let's see how badly we're doing. Let's look at the last week and the overall talent scores. Ooh, oh, Johnny, you went two Jonathan. and six. Jonathan. <laughs> Wait, how does Custer Wait, how does Brain go five and three and I go four and three? How does that work? I did, it's because you refused to, to play. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. that, that, that'll do it. Yeah. So you actually just artificially <laughs> increased your percentage point. Yeah, sure. yeah, maybe that should count as a loss. Wow, yeah. look at that. Nice. 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 Johnny would have been pounding this week as well. So, okay. What did did I do wrong? Justice. (laughs) Justice. I predicted the justice. I predicted Florida over Dallas. I predicted Shanghai twice. And I predicted Guangzhou over Valiant. Yeah, you kind of ran it down. Right, I got Gladius right. You predicted Guangzhou over the Valiant, and I predicted Paris over Boston. Dude, Holy you ran it down shit. mid. You you actually ran it down mid. I mean, I also <laughs> predicted Paris over Boston though. But oh my God. yeah, that was not a good pick. Oh. That one, that one did not do well. Oh, I don't hey. know. For some reason, I was like, oh, Krong Sigma develops a good hit scan. Krong Far away is good. Seliano. So, uh, you've been talking to me too much, Johnny. It's over. My charge songs, I've sold them all. Oh. It's, they suck. All right, let's wow. get started with then with the first match that we're going to be predicting. It is the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Hongzhou Spark. Let's have a look. It's a good match. The Preds. And we've all gone Hongzhou Spark for this one. Uh, no faith in Philadelphia Fusion after nope. that after the showcase from uh, from last time. I think that's quite reasonable to be honest. Well, it's also just Sparker looking really good independently yeah. of Fusion's performance. So, we want to give this yeah. one the. Is this a guarantee? Yeah, this could be a game. Ga- I feel like this should be. A I guarantee. think this is a guarantee. I'm ready to guarantee it. Yeah, I'm ready to guarantee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great, great. Great. Really good. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, is there anything else that needs to be said on this? I feel like we spoke that we've spoken up base uh, on fusion. Hung it Joe. could be close. I mean, who knows? Fusion good fusion could show up randomly. It's possible. Uh, um Yeah. It's possible. But like Spark with their current DPS line and the meta and how they're overall looking look like a very solid team right now. So. Okay. Match number two, the Chengdu Hunters versus the LA Valiant. This it, oh god, what a banger this is gonna be. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> so me, Scott, Johnny, we've all gone Valiant, but the Vast, what, what's I going switch? on here? Sorry, can I switch? I've talked you myself out of the Valiant. Yeah, I've talked myself out of the Valiant oh, after just surprised. this episode. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I want to go to Chengdu. I don't know why I went for the Valiant. Split on Sorry, 50 Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that seems about right. I mean, I think Scott's overall points that he made that... To be fair, like I get that. Sometimes you're like, oh, like actually, I'm thinking about it more. Even though you made a prediction like many days before, you're like, I've been thinking about these fresh points. Like the reality is, I don't think any of Valiant's wins have been amazing, and I don't 
I think some of their comps have been straight up fucking troll at times. And the biggest downside for me to Chengdu was like they somehow managed to make a they managed to make the Jinmu like <laughs> DPS pick work more. They've managed to slot it in, haven't played some tracer and stuff like because the rest of their team is good. And also Monk is a fucking giga pounder. Yeah, yeah Monk so like I'm just like I Chengdu I think just seems like the better team as long as they keep making everything work that is working for them and they're they, they have the right pieces so. The I just, I just know Jimmu's gonna suck in this match. I'm gonna go, yeah. you know what? Jimmu actually looks pretty good. You know, it feels yeah. like they've managed to integrate him and he's gonna come out and play Pharaoh some shit and he's just gonna <laughs> suck. I like, I feel like that's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be wrong, but I think Chengdu should win theoretically. The Valiant has got bad Jinmu blades here. That's yeah. my prediction. They've, they've got something here. It's, you know, the Overwatch League when it came about, you know, there was, a, there was a certain like sterileness about it you know everything was clean quite prim professional to a degree everything was mm. buttoned up and you lost that ancient esports energy that just where of just teams that were just like built together with a box of scraps in a cave iron man one style and i get i for the first time in a long time i've got this vibe from the valiant where they are like it's like i've gone back to 2014 esports with this team that nobody knows what the fuck's going on there's a sense of camaraderie marvel's getting paid in fucking i don't know like just just food vouchers or something who the fuck knows what's <laughs> going on but the team it's, it's they're making it work they're making it work and i can i can just feel some i can just feel them carrying us on i can feel them Keeping us going. There's just, there's an energy in the air here, and Chengdu feel like they're lost. They are lost at sea. They're, there's no, I don't know. They, I can feel it. I can feel it in my air. Let's move on to the next match. Seoul Dynasty versus the Hongzhou Spark. This is going to be an absolute ultra giga banger. Um, two, two of the top teams currently at the moment, and Whoa! we've almost all gone Seoul Dynasty, with the exception of Scott. You've gone with Hongzhou as the sole person predicting yeah. Hongzhou. Thoughts? This feels like when I went for for Paris over Boston. It's like it doesn't really make sense, but something something about the spark right now is just tickling my fancy. Shy Alpha Yi, they look really good. I like the compositions that they're playing. Soul Dynasty, they you know, they could start struggling again. I don't know. I'm not fully on the the Soul Dynasty train yet. Uh I think the Spark have a nice firepower to them. But as I keep speaking, I'm like, well, what are they winning? And I'm like, not the tank matchup. Probably not the DPS matchup. <laughs> probably not the sport matchup. Uh, but, you know, fuck it. Let's go, Spark. You just want to believe. I mean, yeah, I just want to believe just in insane with their yeah. damage line with Stalker. Like, Stalker just, like, thrown in. It's just like, oh, yeah, replace Fitz. And he just, like, dominates. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Holy shit. They, they have so much skill on this roster. I don't know. I, I, I feel like Soul is just, like, the top dog. And I, I, I think... I think it's a bit of a prediction trap to bet against them right now. So, you know. I'm trapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, sometimes you, are you get trapped. into those traps. <laughs> You're like trying to outsmart the system. You're trying to outsmart yeah. the teams with analysis. And I'm just like, some point, you're just like, no. Like, Soul is the best this team This is the right first now. time you can, I can confidently say that I think Soul Dynasty is the best team in the Overwatch League currently. Like, for years. Literally, the they've been claiming this for years in the Overwatch the League. Overwatch yeah. League. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, sure. like yeah, absolutely. Other, uh, when, when other, what other times even like Soul Dynasty is like the best team no, no, in the no, league. No, no, no. Like, oh, no, you're better than the Shock. You mean? Yeah. The you think they're the best right. team yeah. currently in the Overwatch League? Yeah, like, I think all so. The teams. I think, I think they're, I, I think they're, I think they're crazy. I think they're out of this world. Custa says I, Scott says I agree after running for Spark. Well, like, okay, no, I think Spark is gonna, <laughs> Spark is gonna win in the regular season because Soul love to throw regular season games, but then Soul will show off for the playoffs. Like, I, I don't think, think this, the thing is, I don't think they do throw regular season games anymore. I think they're done throwing. 
I think they've had it last year. It was one of the best regular season teams we have. I, I just think it's in the DNA these days. I just think they've got it. Well, what do you? The win is in the DNA. It, it, well, if they were great at regular season last year, how is it in the DNA now? Did they fucking no, genetically no, no, modify still, themselves? No, 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 in the they still throw some shit. Yeah, they, they've always thrown. You know, Prophet's gonna decide. He's like, you know what? I don't feel like when playing like thrown? the goat today. I, I don't know. Sometime in the past, recently. <laughs> when have they thrown? Johnny, stop asking questions. I don't have answers for them. <laughs> All right, much. it's a dynasty for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Paris, a turnover versus the London Spitfire. Battle of the EU teams. We've all gone London. We all have faith in, in the London Spitfire for this one over the Paris Eternal. Do you not think that there's a, there's a semblance of Paris Eternal winning this one? No. No, no not their latest not. match. Not no. their latest no. match. There was some hope before that, but after the latest match, they look really rough. Threw it all so, I, I, yeah. I put this match down before the Boston Uprising result. I, I regret putting this match in here. What a waste <laughs> of time. Okay. Get the fuck out of here. The, so... Guarantee, or do we want to save it? Oh, yeah, oh, that's a guarantee. Oh, We're yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little weird. <laughs> giving me the eyes right here. Dude, you're oh actually doing God. the Kubrick stare. Yeah. You're doing the Kubrick stare <laughs> in that one. Holy shit. That was actually just fucking send me. Okay. Um, <laughs> next match. Atlanta Rain versus the Houston Outlaws. <laughs> We all got Atlanta over Houston. Guaranteed! Is no, it, this can be a guarantee. I don't think this is a guarantee. I don't think this is a guarantee. I question yeah. this heavily. Houston weren't awful is. versus the Gladiators. Other, like They had some bad moments, but if they string it together, which they've never been able to do this season, they can be competitive, but I don't trust them to do that. So that's why I went for Atlanta. Mm. Yeah, I assume I that's everyone's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel that way. I, I I could see Atlanta losing this. I could see this going to map five and Houston just un, just C9ing multiple times in the series <laughs> again. I could see a whole host of possibilities, but I don't think it's a guarantee quite as much. I think okay. It's a Next matchup we've got coming up is the Paris Eternal versus the Toronto Defiant. Oh, God. This is an interesting one, isn't it? Oh, Brendan! <laughs> Brendan, I, I have to ask you a question. Brendan, did you watch the the Paris Boston game? Nope. You should go yeah, back and well, watch that game. Let me tell you, it's not I'm changing my thread. Uh, I am changing my thread. I'm not changing it. I'm sticking with this one. I don't know. Listen, this is one of those games where I might be in the wrong. But listen, it's the same with you, Scott, with the Hongjo Spark game. Do I think they're gonna diff in various roles? No. Do I think they're gonna win? Yes. And that's why I predicted Paris. I have no. There's no analysis behind this. There's no thought behind this. I'm just doing it. I'm just doing I it. Respect it. Yeah. Um, next one. Oh, our final pred is going to be the Florida Mayhem versus the Boston Uprising. Oh. What a matchup. I've got he went for it. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody I, I don't hate the Florida Apart from me, I've gone Boston. This is, it's actually tough, but yeah. I think Boston have gotten away with, I think Boston got away with just beating down on some, like, bad teams and and probably the worst Atlanta had looked throughout this but mm. like because they got crushed by the shock and eternal bay crushed and then rain i think they were looking really rough at the time when they played them so i i, I don't i i feel like this sh it, it could be a, actually a decent series though it could be but i just don't have a lot of faith still in the boston dps line even though they looked pretty <laughs> decent recently you know? i just don't Maybe. Yeah, but maybe. He hasn't been announced, right? Like, if that's actually happened. I still just don't. But I think Crimson Faith and Punk look really good. 
I think those, the truth. I think those. I think, and also the MCD rotation week swapping MCD. All right, to calm Anna the fuck down. Oh. Paris literally just like fucking feather brains out. Okay, and I understand no, no, no. that a yeah, Senyata yeah. player gets a lot of credit for that, but come on now, that that I was mean, ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I mean that's the thing. That's why I'm not putting to win this match, right? Mm. Yeah. Like Paris. No, I'm is just bad, saying the but... the crim the hype. It's just like no, yes, Crimso is going to look good. I'm I believe in Crimso. I think Crimso is massively underrated in the league right now, and he doesn't get enough credit. He for was good on Houston too. Dallas himself time and time again. Dallas, yeah. It's not yeah. just this season, like I all just no, no, no. this most recent I, uh, match. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I was one of the first people, even going into the season, to be like, I love Crimso. I think I, I think Crimso is a legitimately good Overwatch League flex support. But like after this Paris Eternal match, it just like went to another level where I'm like, yes, but also context of how he popped off as Senyara sure, in that sure. match against Paris Eternal. Dan was feeding his brains out on Doomfist <laughs> and you're playing as Senyara, just like shooting orbs. Like, yes. I am high on Crimson 2. I've said this for a long time that I think he's a great flexible player, but that was ridiculous. Mm. Like, that was just sure. stat inflation on a different level. I'll Holy give shit. Again, just literally uh, pulling out the fucking archives of 2020, 2020 expectations. I, I don't know what to expect. I just went with Boston, took a punt on him. Some recent news popped up. Oh, Hux left the team. Uh, okay, I'm going to go Boston. I don't know why. Literally nothing to do with it. I don't think Huck was the, the thing that was holding these guys back. Maybe now they're going to feel like this... this sense of freedom where they can experience the world for the first time now the players and they're just gonna they're gonna pop off i don't know who knows anyway that's a prediction segment that's done uh a reminder that i am also leading so all these upsets that i'm predicting are not not they're not upsets it's just going to be correct um actually am i leading in preds I'm no tired no you're tired with me. the last you're tired with me yeah that's problematic, <laughs> that's problematic. Yeah, i feel well, like out of everyone I mean... on the show the we, me and you, Connor, we exist in a state of just constant, like almost partial observation of the Overwatch League. Even though you're co-streaming no. full time, I feel like you're you just have to. Sometimes I tune into your stream and you have a glazed look in your eyes. You're just well, to over. be fair, that that is true. Most recently, this past weekend, because of the Swedish role in me, but like, <laughs> I mean, like it's also do, true in the fact that like much like us both, Bryn, we also are both watching two different esports at the same time. Yeah, it's, so hard. it's also hard to have quite the same level of like. It's hard to keep up. And involved. yet our Preds are at the top. So what does that yeah. say about society, yeah. huh? There he is. What does that say about the league <laughs> right now? <laughs> you actually look. I mean, I, this is the day I was rolled. This was the day I was rolled. Was, the, was just, this day. Got so. sweat rolling off your forehead. Just. <laughs> I did be very, that's just my hair. That's just my, my I have a shiny forehead, man. I, mean, I just have just a shiny your, forehead. And, your powerful and I need lighting, no? powder. Um, somewhat. I also think I just don't, I think I just, because I'm a very well moisturized person, I need like yeah. matte powder, you take know, to like skin. take care of that. Yeah. So I kind of just need matte powder. Like whenever I get on broadcast, like when I did the San Antonio thing, the makeup artist had to put like 40 pounds of matte powder on me, <laughs> <laughs> like okay. 40 pounds of matte powder. So let's, let's move on. Final segment of the week, final segment of the episode, the Bruns player of the week. And uh, but but the ball ball ball. Who was the player who forgot to take off their mouse mouse feet gliders? Fitz? Oh, Fitz. Was it Fitz? The, the bottom plastic yeah. on his. I'm yeah. giving it a Fitz for playing for, <laughs> with a fucking mouse with the with the plastic wrappers on the bottom, uh, without realizing for the longest time. And dude, what the hell is going on here? Just just incredible. 
Just incredible. Didn't take off the protective film under his mouse. Been playing with it for two whole months. He won the kickoff clash while playing with the film still attached to the bottom of his mouse. And now he's taken it off. And the guy has been giga-pounding in their matches. He's been absolutely giga-pounding. So I'm giving it to Fitz. He wins the Himbo Award of the Week. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, well, well earned, I think, as well. Stay tuned for the upcoming weeks as well. Because there's some important news on the horizon when it comes to the James Webb Telescope. The first images, I think, are going to be released, I think, on, the, on July 12th. Wow. I think it's the day for that. Wow. So the scientific community, I know they're all watching. They're pretty rare. They haven't won an award in a while. But that might be an opportunity to look out for as well on that particular episode. We'll, we'll have to see. But a question for the viewers as well. What kind of haircut do you think that Connor should get next? Connor was saying like, oh, I want to go for something new, something crazy. Do you think he should he should dye his hair like a bleach it? Do you think he should go for the mullet? Because a bunch of, a bunch of teams have got mullets now and they're starting to win, apparently. A bunch of players. Um, what, what's your thoughts on this? What's your favorite haircut? What's your favorite? What did you have for dinner this morning? You can honestly, you can just answer whatever you want. I, you can pretend I asked a question to you that you want to listen to, and you can just comment it. The, I just need engagement on the video. Follow our Twitter, Platchat Podcast. Thank you very much, Scott. Uh, I've asked and reinforced as well for joining me. Oh, this is, this is truly been, I am just, I am so my life is falling to pieces. I feel stretched thin. What's that? There's the scene in, uh, in um, the the Lord of the Rings, where he's like, uh, I feel like butter spread across toast too thin, and he's like, he's in the, he's fucking talking to Gandalf. Was that about, Bilbo? Yeah, yeah Bilbo, Bilbo holding the ring. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling at the moment, with just the amount that's going on. I'm trying to keep up with Overwatch. I put up a speed run timer, a live split speed run timer to to measure my progress in terms of watching and catching up with the Overwatch League matches. Anyway, thanks for watching the games this week, <laughs> and thanks for watching the show. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.